I'm sure you, I'm sure you've had this experience once or twice before in your life. But you wake up maybe a little bit late on a sun, Sunday morning, maybe maybe even pushing into the afternoon a little bit, and okay. maybe the night before you had a little bit too much fun. You had a little bit too much to drink, and you're feeling it. You're feeling a little bit, but not too much too too much that you can't get out of your bed. Uh, too much like, apple juice at the tavern last night. Right, too much apple juice. Too, too much chocolate milk. Mm. Um, so, obviously, the first thing you want when you wake up is you want food. And the first thing, even if it's in the afternoon, I know for me personally, the first thing that I want is I want some sort of goddamn breakfast food. <laughs> Good old American greasy just sits like a rock in my stomach breakfast food. I'm I want like hash browns some sausages uh-huh. and some eggs i just give it give it all to me now i my my question to you guys is why is breakfast food the best food huh that's a pretty bold claim to make i know some uh, people that hate breakfast food i'm not one of them man there's always a time for breakfast food breakfast food is good for any meal no, and agree despite its name yeah, I can agree with that. I uh, There are many times where I've had dinner, like breakfast for dinner, and that's some of the most satisfying moments in my life, I think, of just like eating food. It's it's so happy. It's so yeah, controversially so good. When, when your children in the future are born, the day you're married, and then last Tuesday when you had scrambled eggs for dinner. <laughs> if if that's in the greatest moments. If that's in the three, two, one ranking, then yes. <laughs> I mean, hey, whether, whether it's like... Whether it's going into a, a shitty little diner on a Sunday morning, a Waffle House, or a, maybe a local place for where you're around where you live, walking in there and just smelling that grease and that coffee, or mm-hmm. even even if it's at your own house and just is put, putting the oil on the on the skillet and about to fry up some eggs, it's 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 a good time. Colin, good so time. I I am a proponent of Waffle House. I seem to remember though a couple weeks back you were hating on it. See, Ooh. what's it's your official I, stance? Now, oh, here's my official stance. I don't, quote-unquote, hate Waffle House. I am just of the belief that there are better places to have breakfast. Because the thing is, you can't... You can only do breakfast so dirty. Like, you can't do... You can't <laughs> oh, completely fuck up over breakfast, Over the line dude. for you. Yeah, like, you can't completely fuck up breakfast. And I mean, not the... What? And I'm not saying... What, I mean, like, what I'm saying is, is it's it's hard to be... To make a really bad breakfast plate. Like, and I'm not saying Waffle House makes a horrible breakfast plate. They just, they don't. They, I just think that they're a little pricey for what they offer. Dude, it's, whoa. It's the all-star for $7.99 this with is a the waffle. Kind, like, it's the kind of place where the puke in the bathroom is a feature. You know, <laughs> it's, it's not really, like, unexpected. I don't know. See, you guys went to the now, Waffle Houses on campus, so you had a, a widely different experience See, and i, and I, I think went to the it, fancy waffle house with the automatic dryer i'm sorry <laughs> can you can you say that again fancy <laughs> waffle house it was i mean fancy it was still waffle sh- house and then wait and then the second sentence you said was automatic dryer yeah that was that's how you differentiate whether you're in the hood or you're at a nice one i well, mean they oh, all you mean in the bathroom. ramshackle yeah a fancy oh. hand dryer in the bathroom that the automatic you know the, the speedy ones too that do it real fast the dysons that's okay. how you know you're oh, in a classy place yeah the dyson air okay. blades or i don't think they have called. those on campus where you guys are at but so no. i can imagine that our waffle house experiences are widely different but what i'm saying is you're talking about like it's too expensive bro what are you now, talking about 7.99 you get everything you get the hash now, browns and i know i get that and and that would be fine like i don't 
wouldn't mind the price so much, but I think it's because, and just to put a tail under my stance here, and I think it's because, like you said, that I've only, I've pretty much only experienced one Waffle House location, and that's the one next to campus. And I think that's kind mm. of ruined my experience. It's coloring your opinion, certainly. And I right. can't right. really so fight I will, you on that. Right. And I will make that disclaimer. So I, I don't know. Maybe I just need to give Waffle House another chance somewhere else. I'm yeah, not going to, I'm not going to completely knock it. Like, cause I've been like my first Waffle House experience. Cause you know, I'm, I was new to the country at the time was that one, like that one on campus. And I didn't want to go again, but my friends like Jack were like, you know, like this isn't, this isn't the quintessential Waffle House. There are better Waffle Houses out there. Right. So clearly. I trusted them and I went to the one on uh, like 161 and I was pleasantly surprised. Like you know, that's, huh. that's funny it's you nice. say that location because that one I actually feel like in danger when I go to that location. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I, I'm never so glad. I'm never so glad that a police, an armed police officer, is on the premise as when I go to the Jesus 161 Waffle Christ. House, specifically that one. Well, it's good to know that for me that the progression of Waffle House can only get better from here. Yes. yes. If you guys on your birthday or something, right, go up to the one on 23 North. Uh, just north of 270 go up to we're getting highly specific on location here but go to yeah. that one so just go ahead and dox robert everybody find out when his birthday <laughs> is and then meet him up there at waffle house no I'm sorry I'm, okay i'm just i'm just saying it's it's a it's a good thing and i i will not hear bad words said about waffle house <laughs> so i just need to set that aside but but okay breakfast foods like my probably one of my favorite ones are uh I love eggs Benedict. Mm. Anybody with mm. me on this? I'm into that. I'm into Egg, it. Eggs Benedict's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. I rock some eggs Benedict on on, and I like I like locks too. You guys ever had that? I don't know what that is. Nope. So it's a big. It's weird sounding. I, I will not be able to defend that, but it's basically a Jewish like smoked salmon, pretty much raw, but it's cured, and it's a bagel, typically an everything bagel. With some uh, cream cheese and then the smoked salmon on top, and maybe some capers I think, too. I, I think that I've seen really this good. before. It's pretty bomb. It's called Lox L O X. No, I definitely recommend it. Uh, the first time I ever tried it, I was on a cruise ship in the Caribbean. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> pretentious. I you were much. like trying to yawn, but like you, yeah. you were trying to suppress it. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it just sounds so <laughs> schmancy, right? That was also the first time I ever ate snails, but that's a different conversation for another day. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just loving, I love me some breakfast. And ever since I moved here as well in Texas, uh, poutine's kind of a thing down here now. Oh, uh, really? Yes. In Texas, of all places. I can rock some poutine now, some cheese curds, some fries, gravy, a nice uh, a nice uh, runny egg on top. Ooh, yeah. good, good stuff. I'm, I'm now, a fan. Stuff. Now, very quickly... What would you guys think, say, is probably the best breakfast you've had out, like, at a restaurant? Ooh. Um, this probably isn't the best, but it's one that I can recall because I've had it kind of recently. Uh, Cap City Diner on Olentangy here in Columbus. Oh, yeah, the place we went to yeah. uh, a couple weeks mm. ago. Yeah. I, yeah, I like that place. I, That's pretty good. I tried their uh, Eggs Benedict there. It was supreme. It was really, really great. Can't recommend yeah, it enough. I had their hash. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Cap City, I think they have a really good, not breakfast related, but just dish related. I think they have a good, like, uh, 
it's this weird like flattened out hammered down chicken that's breaded and then i can't remember the name of it and then there's just sauce on top and some good butter noodles on the side whatever it's really good cap city pretty great yeah if you ever see it uh we were talking about breakfasts though so what else what are some other good interesting breakfast foods you guys eat oh wait so um my best breakfast that I'd ever had was actually, it's a little out of the way, but over at Putin Bay, South Bass Island, Lake Erie, Ohio, um, there's a little diner, and I can't for the life of me rem- like remember the name of it, but it's right there on like the main strip where all the bars and restaurants are at, so it's it's hard to mess. Um, there's a little place, and it's it's like a one-room diner. It's really tiny. I love um, those places. I love oh, yeah. a hole in the walls. Right. and But I mean, it was nice on the inside. It wasn't like a, like a shitty place by any means. Um and I mean, it was just really basic. It was just like, uh, no, it there was uh, pancakes, and it was they were cheesecake pancakes, is what they were. It was what? strawberry Whoa. cheesecake pancakes. It was Whoa. wild. It was wild. Whoa. So like, there's cheesecake spread on top of the pancakes. It's like a dr- it's like a weird drizzle thing the way they do. It. I don't know. It's it was <sighs> weird, but it was really really mm. good. And then of course they had like so- you know sausage patties, and I had hash browns and. Uh, uh, some toast oh. with it and it was it, it was just my great God. it just yeah i just feel like i share your sentiment robert i feel like if you're just like just about ready to give up on life <laughs> have these cheesecake <laughs> pancakes on a sunday and just resign yourself to instant you know cartery uh, arterial uh, deterioration <laughs> well i mean dude after you after you have a night at a place like put bay i mean come on now what, what, what is the, what, what's left? Uh, okay, I'm going to cheat. I have two answers for really standout breakfast places. In Columbus, uh, if you take uh, the Easton exit off 270, uh, I think that's still technically 161, but uh, Turtle little Turtle Way or whatever that exit is. Anyways, uh-huh. there's a place there called Gina's. Um, real small mom and pop shop. Great coffee. Uh, great fresh coffee. They have great uh, deals. Great eggs Benedict specifically. Um, very inexpensive, and they definitely advertise that they have the world's greatest pecan roll. So if you're into <laughs> a great homemade gigantic pecan roll for like four bucks that you'd have to share and split with people, Whoa. Gina's yeah uh, in uh, in off 161 is really hot uh, spot to go Yo, in Columbus. Now here, yeah, dude, that that sounds nice. Here in Austin. Uh, my wife and I just recently went to this place that's not too far from where we live called... What do you think of this name for a, a, a restaurant? The Rotten Bunch? Oh, I like it. Do you? It's, okay. it's got character. It sounds like it has a lot of character. Man, does it. So they have a huge patio, TVs out there, but just like straight up furniture, like couches. Like they have like living rooms set out in their back patio. And they have board games you just grab and you can just sit there and eat and drink Yo. wine and just play board games all day long. They have those giant like checkerboard tables too. It's a pretty cool little spot. Real tiny, this- real weird looking too on the outside. And it's, and it's like tucked back in this little uh, uh, shopping, this little strip mall. Like it's real easy to miss. But man, we had a fantastic brunch. Uh, my wife's boss gave her a $50 gift card to just visit. And uh, so we went there, and it, it cost every bit of 50 bucks to eat there. It was not the cheapest place. What I yeah, had, I had the well. steak and eggs that was, uh, I, it was like 18 bucks. But everything was, like, flawlessly executed. They definitely are paying attention to the details there, and we noticed. And we'll go back again when we feel like dropping a few, you know, bucks on brunch. It's not an every Sunday kind of thing. But uh, we definitely left with a really positive impression, and we look forward to going back. 
Uh, yeah, that's, that sounds like a cool place, man. Uh, the the place that Robert was talking about, Cap City Diner. I that, that was the first time I'd ever been to a place, a diner where they they just kind of like throw cinnamon rolls at you. Like they yeah. just kind of huh? they give you a bunch. Yeah, that's like before you get your food. It, it's kind of like a lot a lot of places they just give you bread. You know, okay. Bef- okay. before your meal starts, it's kind of the same idea. But they do cinnamon rolls instead. I was like, oh, okay, kind of justifies the cost of this place a little bit more. It's a little pricey, but it was good. Where are you guys yeah. at on the chicken and waffles? debate i love i am yes i am all for it i've never had chicken and waffles before but i've had chicken and i've and i've had waffles what are you doing jack i hot i hot bro it's easiest no not even go anywhere with chicken and waffles you're 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 uh hitting to the core of me here colin i have a revelation for both of you so i haven't been to ihop in probably four years okay wow Crickets. I haven't been in 22 years. <laughs> oh, oh, you've never been to IHOP. I, IHOP is pretty great. <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of sad about it, especially since I live very close to one. But my wife will not go. Mm. She will. She bad, refuses to bad go. Bad experience? Does she have she something against the... She, it's just the, the, the quality of the food or lack thereof might mm. be more appropriate. She just really doesn't like the taste. Everything seems so synthetic and kind of airy and just kind of empty f- calorie kind of food does that make sense because it's all just pancakes and dough and waffles and sugar all over everything kind of deal don't get me wrong like i think it has its place and i like i said i'm lamenting this fact i want to go but mm. i'm not gonna go by myself <laughs> why not you know, I, would. I, I don't know i don't know right. usually sunday is the day for brunch i feel like and yes. that's the, that's like the one day we hang out. So she kind she kind of gets to pick the restaurant. I would definitely go to IHOP. I just, you know, got to make the wife happy, man. Fair enough. Uh, so welcome to the Tiny Disc Podcast, episode nineteen. It's a show about games and life. I'm Robert Scarpanito, and I'm joined here by Jack Zapata. <sighs> Hello, everybody. Bong bong. And Colin Sparling. Man, it's crazy to think we're going on episode twenty. We're getting no, close. We're doing this for we are in weeks. the end of our teens. We're no longer uh, teenagers now. We have to be young adults, young professionals. <laughs> Soon enough, we'll be old enough to drink. <clears throat> yeah, because I haven't drank before. <laughs> Just two yeah. weeks from now, guys, we're going to be able to drink. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, can mm. we do that podcast drunk? Oh, uh, I was so thinking that. <laughs> mm. I, might, I might have to go pee quite a few times, but it'll be fine. Gross. <laughs> Just take the mic with you. Like, who cares? <laughs> have you guys ever been on a phone call before where someone's used, clearly using the bathroom? Oh, dude, yes. me and my buddy, me and my buddy that talk on the phone, like that I've known since I was in like first grade. <laughs> Just don't even give a fuck. Like we just wow. <laughs> we use bathroom, whatever. It doesn't matter. Have you no decency? Well, no just, shame. I'm just curious. Like Colin, like okay, I understand where you're coming from, but like, is any conversation just like you can't just pause it and be like, "Hey, I'll call you back." Dude, my dad used to take phone calls when he was on the shitter. All right, so what? <laughs> what? Some people have phones like hardwired phones, like in the bathroom. I think that's <laughs> weird. <laughs> I think taking an I, iPad in the bathroom is weird. Well, I mean, if you're like playing games on it or something. Oh, shit, I'm, on, I'm on my phone when I'm on the okay. toilet, man. I'm not going to lie. The phone is not weird at all. I think that's basically normal now. I, I think, think, enough a, yeah, people, I think yeah, it's a culturally acceptable thing now. Uh, yeah, and it's so I feel weird when people hand me their phones or, or when I hand someone else my phone. Because it's just literally the dirtiest thing you could ever hand somebody. Oh, yeah. Exa- mm. No, I completely you know? agree. And I think, but here's the thing, though. Sitting on the toilet and being on your phone is one thing, 
but I've been seeing this trend. I think I've told you guys about this before, but I've seen this trend where, and I go to a college, you know, a big college campus where people walk into the bathroom, they'll stand at the urinal and scroll through their phone while they're pissing at a urinal. I'm like, that's just weird. Okay. That's just just weird. I work somewhere where business conversations are happening with someone like at a urinal urinal next to me. Like, dude, can like why? You know, just like hold it. See, I don't like that. It's weird. It's it's real messy. And it doesn't and it's not like widespread. It's very it's an isolated incident, but it's a consistent incident with this one individual who I will not name, but it's a thing. D- does it just weird and like does i don't it, even like listen when i go to the bathroom this is like mansplaining something okay like when i go to the bathroom like i don't make eye contact i don't make conversation it's all business in there and i'm trying to minimize the time i'm in the bathroom do you guys just sit there and be like so no listen listen i completely get it like the only don't time don't talk to me <laughs> yeah no i get it when i'm in a public bathroom with someone especially well Unless it, I don't know, yeah. Aside from the awkward times that I've been in the bathroom with the professor that I just had class with, and we just so happened to go to the same bathroom at the same time. Awkward. Like, uh, uh, hey, hi, uh. bye. <laughs> sometimes it's happened to me more than once. Sometimes I'll go into the stall, even though I don't need to use the stall, just so I don't have to deal with someone looking at me. Because so I used, are you are you are you ahead. saying it pisses you off? <laughs> When people try to talk to you when you go, oh my god! Have you, okay, really quick sidetrack. Have you guys seen the movie oh, Waiting? No. Yes, I love that movie. Yes, you remember the guy that just could not piss in a public okay. bathroom? Listen, he was pee shy and he had to close his eyes and daydream that all of his friends and family and all his loved ones were in the bathroom with him, cheering his pee on. Like, go, 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 go. It's so great. And that scene in the movie is one of my favorite scenes. Oh, but that whole guys, movie is I great. Know, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, listen, I grew up playing sports. I'm used to being in the locker room. I'm used to the locker room talk and the demeanor that guys have when they think no one else is watching. Um, and I'm used to, and, and I'm used to, you know, just like taking showers after football practice and, and wrestling and all that stuff. But still, somewhere down the road, I did have these issues with being pee shy. Where I literally could not go if anyone was in the bathroom. Luckily, you know, I grew out of that. But it was an issue for me for a number of years. Did you guys ever experience anything like that? Um, When I was younger, yeah. You yeah. know, I think there's just, yeah. that, there's just that idea of like, oh, no, this is my first time like peeing in public. And there are like my other human time. beings. Like, well, you know, because like, you know, when you're younger, you're usually like using the bathroom at home. And then like mm-hmm. when you're actually cognizant of the fact that you're peeing in public and then mm-hmm. that dude next to you is going to hear you're pissing it's kind of like this is weird you, you yes. know it, shame is something that you have to learn though right you have to pick that up no one's really born with shame do you think i mean this is so, kind of a larger conversation oh, but uh, are, we, are we getting it into this <laughs> no we don't have to we don't, I, have I don't to. think we need to I'll dive too deep into this rabbit hole i will there. say though like you know seven eight year old colin maybe hey yeah i'd say about seven eight years old what i was the kid that like didn't know how to like pee without pulling your pants all the way down yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was that kid we're just such good listen listen listen. we're just such good supportive friends we just laugh (laughs) (laughs) we do it out of love though of course yeah he's sitting here confiding and opening up to us the inner recess of his soul we're just like crack it up yeah dude no i i was i was an interesting kid no yeah and it wasn't like i did it i didn't like I went out of my way to try not to do it around people. Like I was conscious of at least that. 
I guess. Dude, I've <laughs> certainly listen, listen. I I I have certainly I have certainly working in in spaces that were public, I have certainly walked in on elderly gentlemen with pants all the way down, underwear oh, all the way yo, down the floor. Oh, that's awkward. Yikes. That is awkward. I have walked in on that. I've, I've had to witness that, unfortunately. Yo, actually, that happened to me. It wasn't even an older guy. He was like, um, I think he, he was, was your handicapped. Professor. I know. I think he was <laughs> oh, handicapped. God, no, this was no. at work, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Colin, you want that A, right? <laughs> oh, Please, please stop. Don't take this conversation any further. We can't, we can't keep going down this road. <laughs> or can we? Robert, 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 take us to our next segment, please. No, take we can't. Next segment. Keep going. I'm, no, let's wrap this up properly. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, no. yeah, no, that there was a mentally handicapped dude, I'm pretty sure, and okay. he just had his... I just walked into the bathroom because we're supposed to clean, like, clean up the floor in the bathroom, like, sweep it up or whatever every hour on the hour. Right. And I walk in there and I just get flash in the face by some dude's ass that's mm-hmm. at the urinal mm-hmm. and i'm just like oh what the fuck nice. <laughs> speaking yeah. of being flashed in the face by someone's ass this is just a very short side note a friend of mine at work a co-worker who i thought i could trust recommended a show to me to watch today and Uh-oh. i told that person well you should watch terrace house too so i thought that we had a good deal going we can talk about Terrace House. We can talk about this other show called This Is Us. I think it's on NBC and it's on Hulu too. I've heard of this. Okay. So why then, like no less than, oh, all of seven seconds into the first episode is a dude's ass straight up splashed on the front of the screen. I'm like, what have has happened to me? You've broken this train of tr- this uh, chain of trust now. I don't know. <laughs> What to do so? I don't know. Is it, so I, is it an unspoken trust thing that your friends don't don't recommend to friends shows with dude ass right at the beginning of a show? Right in the beginning. <laughs> I mean, let me tell hey, you, okay, dude, spoiler, hey, hey. spoilers for Terrace House, there's no dude ass, at least in the first 26 episodes, I can say. I mean, hey, man, you, you, you're saying you can't appreciate a nice dude ass every once in a while? <laughs> what do you mean appreciate? <laughs> Okay, can we stop saying dude ass because I'm starting to feel like that's an- that's like another word Wait, on its that, own. Isn't that, isn't that what you said? Were you the it, first it one to just say it just now? It is, but then when I heard someone else say it, I was like, ah, oh, no, 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 we can't keep going with that. I just like how Robert, you say, can you are, I appreciate you are a it? bad influence, Robert. <laughs> I, I, Colin, I just like how you say, can I appreciate it? Like, like I hit pause and just sit there, stroke my chin, like, mm, yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, I mean, like you the don't. Mona Lisa or is that something. What you're saying, Jack, you can't just you can't just appreciate a piece of work. I don't. <laughs> I it's like the Mona Lisa. You can't tell if it's smiling no. back at you or not. <laughs> oh, I'm getting dizzy. Oh. Yeah, please, can we move on? I just think when you know the show starts like that, you should at least be like, bro, just so you know. And that's all. I was just caught. I was caught unawares. Fair enough. <laughs> and to, uh, to segue into that, another way I was caught unawares was with Blade Runner. Good segue. (laughs) Thanks. Um, (laughs) So just here at the top of the show, I guess, uh, just letting you know, at the end, we are still doing that Blade Runner 2049 spoiler cast, except instead of calling it a spoiler cast, I think we're going to call it a post-mortem. You can tune in at the end if you're interested. Uh, It'll be pretty cool. And next week, we're probably going to all have seen The Foreigner by then, which is that new Jackie Chan film that basically looks like Taken, but with Jackie Chan instead of Liam Neeson. 
Uh, Liam Neeson's. We might do a spoiler cast of that next week. If that interests you, check it out next week. See the movie this weekend. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I'd also like to apologize for the audio quality last week. It kind of wasn't that great with Colin and I in the same room. Yeah. So, um, internet got turned off at the last second. Had to had to make some last minute. uh, uh, I don't know plans. I guess to get the episode out to you guys. So. Yeah. Apologies for that on my part. So can be helped. Lesson learned. Hopefully that will not happen again. Hopefully this week's audio is incredibly delicious in your We're ears. We're committed to audio excellence up in those ear holes for y'all. Just want oh, you to yes. know. Right. Oh, and just a just a shout out to Discord for finally getting video. <laughs> oh yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> uh, let's get into the show though. So did you guys see the new Justice League trailer dropped on Sunday? Saw it a couple times. Couple. Hmm. All right. I, I didn't actually see it okay but fair enough i mean uh, i don't know okay well so i'm really curious uh jack you're the one i think of the three of us who is like the least excited about what the new justice league movie has to offer so i'm kind of yeah. curious your thoughts feelings opinions on this trailer has it changed anything for you so let me begin by saying that Batman is absolutely, unequivocally, my favorite superhero featured in a movie. Okay? There have been some really awesome Batman movies out. There have also been some really terrible ones out consequently. However, if you take all the heroes, Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, etc., Batman absolutely stands head and shoulders above all of them. Dark Knight, probably one of my top three, uh, top five favorite movies of all time. So... Zack Snyder also, you know, 300 was pretty good. I can't think of anything aside from 300 that Zack Snyder did that I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Other than make movies that make really great trailers and really terrible movies. That's kind of his modus operandi for me. Uh, So when I knew that Zack Snyder was taking over uh, the Justice League films, I panicked instantly. Um I gave him the benefit of the doubt because Man of Steel was kind of almost there, on the way there. There were some good things. Uh, but then he dropped off, and now Joss Whedon is on the project. And he is the person that um, directed the first two Avengers movies. Say what you want about the second one. The first one, I think, is a, is a masterpiece. Uh, it's just got everything you could want. It's got humor. It's got uh, good character development. It has great ensemble cast, etc. So now we're seeing the fruits of the Joss Whedon tree coming (laughs) dropping from the branches right and this trailer now has his fingerprints all over it the tone of this trailer is completely different than anything that's come out before and i think this is clearly their best i don't know if it will win anyone else over it's kind of winning me over it's giving me hope for the film now like okay this isn't going to be a Zack snyder film it's going to be a joss whedon film this this is a good thing and so i my faith is renewed in in having at least a good time and not suffering through the film like I did with Batman v Superman. So I, I'm pretty hyped. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll go. I'm not going to bend over backwards to get their opening night. But, uh, you know, if I get a movie pass thing going, I certainly will will sit down and, and, and check out the film. I, I, I think I think they're on the right track. Yeah, I, hmm. I kind of agree based on what I've seen. And I mean, I know I'm the, the DC Universe apologist of the three of us usually. Um, but I think this trailer is like actually looking decent. Like before when I've seen trailers of DC films or whatever, I see DC films. I'm usually like, at least they did X, right? At least they did Y, right? You know, like I always tout like 
the Superman, like Man of Steel and like Batman versus Superman movies, like I've always touted like they're pretty cool live action Dragon Ball movies. Like the action <laughs> scenes are cool. Uh, True, yeah. But like Wonder Woman was the first movie where I was like, I don't need to defend it. I think it stands on its own. For sure. And I think this was the first trailer in the DC universe that was like, I don't need to defend this. I think it's actually looking pretty solid. I think it could maybe turn some heads. It might be a little too late now because we're like a month out from the premiere. Yeah. You know, it's kind of pretty late in the marketing cycle for a movie. But I think maybe Justice League will turn out actually being pretty good. Actually being a pretty solid DC film. Yeah, speaking of turning heads, they really didn't waste any time with this trailer. Sorry, Colin, but you didn't see it. But Superman makes an appearance right away. And I was like, whoa, they're just right. showing him. Hey, he's in this film. They're not going to be coy about it anymore. I I mean, mm. they, they pulled the kind of coy thing where it's like, I mean, I guess spoilers for a trailer. But they pulled it off that, like, it was all a dream that Lois Lane was having, you know, like, is it real? Ooh, who knows? He's in the film. Oh, for my sure. God. He's yeah. in the movie. Yeah, sure. no, he, he totally Come is. On. And they're really taking the Superman character. They're really trying to distance himself, his character from that old, what, that old motto, like, truth, justice in the American way. Yeah. They're much more making him, like, a global character rather than, like, an American-centric character, even though he grew up and lives in Kansas. Right. Smallville, yeah. right? So it's like you never really even hear that anymore. It used to be synonymous with Superman, but no more. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I no, know, I, go ahead. I was going to say, like, I just, I cannot, I'm sorry, guys, I just cannot get over Cyborg's design in this movie. It just looks so it, ass to me, it, dude. It, he yeah. is better in this trailer. For okay, sure. I've seen him before because it really it really irks me before as well. But he's better in this trailer. We'll we'll have to see because that character needs some work. He, I mean, is is his whole character that he has no personality? Like he is a robot. No, no, it's no. That he, it's his physical like, design, his CG like makeup, and but he, I just but, don't like. But he it. has a human soul. Yeah, no, he was originally a human uh, who, like, lost a lot of body oh, parts and yeah, stuff, yeah. so they, like, grafted on robot parts <clears throat> so on him to keep him alive. So he's RoboCop, basically. Yeah. My, my point being yeah. is that every time I see Cyborg in anything, it's like he has a very wooden, robotic kind of performance, and I don't know if that's, like, a character trait or if he's just a uh, bad actor. See, I'm I'm going off of Cyborg as in the original Teen Titans animated series. Booyah. He, yeah. Booyah! Okay, you and have like, a point of reference then that I don't have. Yeah, see, because that's, I mean, granted, I know that's not necessarily the same canonical cyborg from, like, the comics, um, but, like, I mean, that's how I pictured the character, and he just doesn't really show a lot of that, and I just don't like how his physical, like, his design is. He just looks like a throwaway transformer from one of the Michael Bay movies. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty rough. <laughs> I mean, I th- it's true. It, it really, he, that's what he looks like, man. It's not a great design, and it's not a, I don't know, it just doesn't look modern, right? It looks like it was yeah. from a past era of CG, not a modern era of CG. So, they, sure. you know, and, and it's already finalized. I mean, he's in the film. He is what he is. We'll see if Joss Whedon can save it. I'm almost certain that if this was still Zack Snyder, it would have most definitely sucked. So we'll see if they can uh, turn the suck knob down yeah, on that definitely. character in time. But. Speaking of the suck knob being turned down, 
Y'all check out that last Jedi trailer dropped on Dude, Monday. Star Wars never sucks. What are you? No, what I'm, kind of I'm, I'm saying that? that the suck knob. I'm saying the suck knob is down because it it doesn't. Uh, you know, whatever. It's ripped off. Robert, in the, Robert in with the trash. your analogies, man. I tell you what. It, I tell it you was what. a shitty transition, and I'll own up to it. But anyway, what did you guys think of that trailer? Oh, I am not ashamed to say that I did get goosebumps a couple times that trailer. Ryan Johnson, Johnson, who is the director of this film is at the top of his game i'm hoping (laughs) and it seems like it i mean i can't say until i see the film i was suckered into purchasing pre-purchasing uh opening weekend tickets but i didn't get in until 9 35 p.m that sunday so i'm gonna have to spend like three four days like dark right like not on the internet because i have a huge feeling that there's gonna be some massive massive things story beats that will be spoiler territory oh they yeah it'll all be spoiled because to quote luke in this trailer you know this is not going to end up the way you think yes something is happening and the mysteries some will be answered but even deeper mysteries i think will be opened up like Like, who is snoke yeah, like I'm really glad that you brought up the idea of like having to go dark because like I remember <laughs> when when episode seven like first dropped, like it was within 24 hours that spoilers were like all over. Like there was no getting away from it. Hey, post production Robert here. Just thought I'd let you know that Colin's about to spoil Star Wars episode seven in a most distasteful way. So spoiler warning. Yeah. Hey, look at the look at this uh, picture of a Twinkie. Oh, uh, Han Solo was killed by his son, Kylo Ren. Call out spoilers at least before yeah, you dude, do Everyone that. who's anyone has had Bro, that fucking part Listen, spoiler. I know, Come but on. it's just like good podcast etiquette to just say spoilers and then say it. Damn. God, <laughs> Jesus. Colin off the rails today. Hey, so, you can, you, hey, just put, just bleep me. Just bleep me then, Robert. So, it, no. It, yeah. Well, that ain't happening either. So, <laughs> let me tell you how that got spoiled for me. Okay. We were in uh, my wife's, where she worked at the time, was at Easton, and we were at a comedy club, uh, the Funny Bone or something like that, and it was a gathering of her coworkers. And obviously, it's just a, a walk uh, right across the hall to the movie theater. We did not pre-purchase tickets for um, The Force Awakens, but- is like a 24 screen movie theater right so we're like fuck it let's just walk up there i'm sure we'll find something and sure enough we did so so we just basically that day that like an hour before the show walked in got some tickets sat down i was the dumbass my fault i completely acknowledge that who thought oh we should periscope right now <laughs> in the theater not the f- movie but just be like oh man we're excited to watch star wars it's opening night we're pumped and this is us periscoping before the film so someone on there just literally put two words spoilers right yeah uh, han dies that's all they put in the uh. comments and i saw it and i was like i was salty i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i was uh, i was a little bit and it, it wasn't a huge shock to me just because i know the uh, harrison ford's feelings of that character i know his background i know he wanted to be separated from the film i knew he wanted the character to die like i've known all that for years so it wasn't like a massive shock to me like luke i'm your father would have been back in the 80s right, right. But still, it would have been nice because I'm literally I, – I went without being spoiled, and right before literally the, the movie starts, I get spoiled at the 11th hour. It was just a – it was a shitty way to go. Yikes. 
So I don't know. I hope mm. when episode eight drops this winter, maybe the internet will be just a little bit kinder about whatever whatever no happens. Way. Not a chance. It, <sighs> I'm a going dark. Like I said, I'm going dark. <laughs> so so I've heard from my very uh, Star Warsy like. I have a couple friends that are like nerdy into Star Wars. Like they get into the extended universe stuff and they get really hard into it. And I've heard a lot of strong speculation or them speculating that uh, apparently Luke Skywalker might be going gray Jedi. If you guys know what that means. See, well, that was never a thing before. Like they invented that mm-hmm. recently. So he's wearing gray. So he's like Gandalf the gray of Jedi. So he's not light. He's not dark. I guess like, you know, it's just like right. a Jedi that has all the powers. So I don't I don't know anything about it, but again, like this to me is getting like spoilery. Like I don't know right now, and I don't really want to know. So just right, just be right. careful. Whatever you say next. No, well, I'm okay. Yeah, I think um, I think we should probably just cut the discussion here, just to like mitigate the chance of spoilers happening. Just the trailer's also, good. Bottom line, yes. I think it's good. I'm yeah. a Star Wars fan. I go watch I mean, it. What do you guys think it, of the trailer like, overall? I, I think. It looks better than it looks relatively better than seven because I think they're just going to explore a lot more because I just think I think seven was uh, like I go by a lot of other people's opinions. I think it was pretty by the books. You know what I mean? Like it was pretty like, oh, OK, this it's Star Wars. It like, was for I feel like, OK, if I'm going to be the seven apologist, it was for the people that hated the prequels that hated everything about the prequels. This is like, look, guys, Star Wars is back. We know how to do it. We know what you want. This here it is. You know, it was fan service the movie, you know. Yeah, so I don't think it's a it was a bad movie by any means, but I'm not gonna like go out of my way to watch it over and over again by any means either. So Okay. Right. I, I watch it probably once every three months. I don't know. I think with this this trailer of episode eight, I think because I, I remember the director Ryan Johnson first tweeting like if you want to go in blind, don't watch this trailer. Like yeah. it could spoil stuff for you. And then he kind of right. doubled back on it and said, no, go ahead and watch it. Yeah. What I think this trailer does is like, yes, if you want to go in super blind, don't watch it. But that's just because every trailer spoils something. But watching it, I think has raised way more questions for me about the film than answers, you know, like, Oh, what does that mean? What does this mean? Like, Oh, you know, like mm-hmm. it just makes me like as a trailer should way more excited to watch the film yeah. to see the answer answers to any of those questions that I have. If they even answer them, there are some shocking elements that happen in the trailer. Uh, just go watch it everybody. But you know, yes. the very end right. def- def- definitely leaves you asking more questions and kind of gasping and kind of debating like what is actually going to transpire because they can get creative with how they cut the trailers. They can. They, this wouldn't be the first time a movie would mislead you going into yeah. a film just to you know rip the rug completely out from underneath you to actually have a real uh, plot twist punch you in the chest. You know the way it was intended to be. So this could all be a, a red herring. We we just you know we won't know until December. But I have a feeling you know like that December is going to be here. Yeah, it could all just be a trap. But let's move uh, on hey. Hey. to the games section of our podcast. <laughs> So, Jack, do you want to hit us off? Let us know what you've been playing. Uh, yeah, some uh, good old standbys. And, and uh, no, they're really all just good old standbys here. So we start with <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm back on that SNES tip, guys, with the SNES Classic. But I'm only playing one game, and that game is still Final Fantasy VI. I'm about 13, 14 hours into it. 
and I literally have the strategy guide pulled out because now I am a big fan of not playing a game the first time with the strategy guide. But if but I am a big fan of okay, once you played it and experienced it, if you want to squeeze every last drop of fun out of it, I think it's completely fine to have a guide out by your side and just see all the side quests, see all the new items you might not have you know, you might have missed the first go around. So I'm at that point. This is like literally the seventh, eighth time I've played through this game. So I've got the guide out, I'm doing all the all the things, I'm having a lot of fun. The game is still great. I think the game is still timeless. It's still one of the most influential RPGs of all time. My personal favorite RPG of all time. I'm just having a good time. I got to the iconic opera house scene. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard anything about that or know anything of that. I know of it. Yeah. No. (laughs) Oh no. Okay. (laughs) No. I yeah. I just. I don't. It's always been on a on a bunch of lists for like best. One of the best moments in video games or whatever lists like that. It's just, there's literally, like, you know, how many games come out on Steam every day, right? Like, thousands. Like of all, Yeah, like, of all the games that are in existence, there are moments of Final Fantasy VI that only exist in that one game. Like, no RPG has ever done anything like several scenes. And it's very episodic. It's very nicely kind of compact, like, okay, this is this part, this is this part, this is this, this segment. It'd be a very good game to, you know, it's just the pacing is is masterfully crafted. Um, and also, I'm now kind of with my adult brain coming back and revisiting this game. It's very dark, very dark mm. game, much darker than I remember. Um, but at the same time, a lot of humor, even more humor than I remember. So it's it's just it's just something again I can't recommend enough. I know I talk about it a lot, but I'm going to continue to play it, and I'm really happy that I've kind of fallen back in again to this hmm. game. So Final Fantasy VI again, I just can't I can't say enough nice things about it. So yeah. um, um oh, just real quick, Jack. Um, so SNES Classic Edition, uh, GameStop just announced that they're actually restocking this week. I don't know if they have them yeah. right this minute, but they did say they're restocking this week. So I was half thinking about tomorrow actually going out and looking cool. for one if I can. Cool. Um, Second, uh, they actually uh, hacked the SNES Classic and figured <laughs> out a way to put more ROMs on it, which yeah. I'm totally done with. I did that with my NES Classic, dude, and it actually worked flawlessly. Yeah, um, I'm it's, actually it's no thinking surprise. about doing it. Like, yeah. it's, it doesn't come as a surprise to me, just because it's not like the SNES Classic is different from the NES Classic. They're both basically like Raspberry right. Pis. No, yeah, well, it was some, only a matter. It was only a matter of time. Someone actually opened up. I mean, a lot of people have opened up the SNES Classic, and it's already been determined and confirmed. It's exactly the same hardware as the SN, as the NES Classic, just in a different shell. It's the same right. thing. It's the same yeah, architecture, so it, same everything. It doesn't surprise me that it's already been modded and all. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jack, have you played anything else this uh, past week? Yeah, uh, I did uh, get back into, again, that conversation we had a couple weeks ago about the top 10 time suckers really kind of got my memories flowing of, of some of these games. And I went back and I revisited City Skylines, fell back in love with that. And this week, uh, they had that giant Call of Duty sale on mm. Steam where a lot of it was 50% off. Let me tell you, too, let me just vent real quickly on this, please. $30 is way too much for uh, Black Ops 2. Okay, yeah. and that's with 50% off. They're still selling that game. They have the cojones to keep Call of Duty Black Ops 2 at, at $59.99 regular price. That's, ins- that's Get so over stupid. yourselves. Like, it's so annoying because it is a great game. It's one of my favorite with the pick 10 system and the multiplayer. It's one of my favorite Call of Duty and the, uh, games ever multiplayer-wise. I think the maps are really well designed and everything. But I still... I, there's no way... 
I can buy, I can in good conscience spend $30 to rebuy that game again on PC and, and they're calling that a discount. Like Merry Christmas is 50% off. It's $30. Like forget you. Like I'm not going to do that. So, okay. I'll get off my soapbox there, but $10 is a great price. I think for the game I did play a lot called Duty Modern Warfare 2. Uh, came out in 2009, uh, Infinity Ward, of course, and it, it it just, man, I was back in the saddle. I had to do a couple adjustments to the controls, um, but after I got it, after I figured all that out, ironed it out, I definitely got the feel back again that I was back on my PS3 in, uh, in 2009, 2010, and, I was, and it was really shocking to me how familiar the maps were to me and how much I still remembered of them and it was it was muscle memories kicking in and i was getting better as time was going on i was like man i could really get into this so there was only about a thousand people playing um so it's very small community on pc but it was fun didn't run into too many hackers or anything like that ruining it as well but a lot of people are very good at that game so man, nothing like an 8v8 on rust yeah dude that <laughs> is <laughs> wait what <laughs> yeah yeah but i think there's a one game mode you could it was like uh, it was it 16 players instead of 12. I think it was uh, Ground War. Ground War. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Yeah, yes. you could do... It was like a mixture between... Uh, is it Deathmatch and something else? Something like that. Anyway, yeah, you could do... It would do uh, 8v8 instead of 6v6. And we I would get uh, in lobbies where we played Rust on that. Yeah. And it was ridiculous. Yeah. No, it it, it is one of the great multiplayer games in history, in my opinion, I mean, there. I think there's a couple Call of Duties on that list. I think uh, Halo Two fits nicely on that list. Obviously, Counter Strike, Team Fortress Two, etc. Uh, but I had a lot of fun, and nine ninety nine was uh, was a an entry point that I definitely, you know, felt like I am getting a good value out of that. Uh, and then, yeah, so th- I revisited that again. I would play it. I would play more in the future. I did go back and um, warm up the Switch, uh, power that on, and I played some Golf Story. As well, I played the second kind of world, and I was saying, like, can they keep this level of variety up? And the answer so far, four hours in the game, is yes. It is, it's great so far. I don't know how long this game is. I feel like it's going to be pretty long, though, because, again, I'm multiple hours in, and there's, I can already see new worlds that I haven't visited yet that are, on, that are not open to me yet that I'm going to go visit. But the story is very funny. Uh, the, all the golf mechanics work out really well. Uh, they're really tight and it just, it just keeps surprising me at every turn. So if you even are thinking about it, like golf story to me is a winner for sure. It's one of my favorite games on switch right now. Yeah. It, but it was between, uh, it was between that and, uh, Stardew Valley for me. And I, and Robert's like, nah, go, go with Stardew Valley, but I will get golf story at some point. Yeah. Golf story is great. I'm having a blast. Do you guys have any questions? I mean, I'm just kind of touching base with it. Yeah. So, like, when you say worlds, like, like you said, you're on the second world. Yeah. Do you literally mean, like, Planets? another dimension, another planet or something? Well, it's, I don't know how to answer that. It all feels like it's on the same planet, but the, but the, the second course is very, it's called Lurker Lane or Lurker Field. I can't remember. Lurker something, but there's, it's kind of creepy because there's, like, these, plants that have eyeballs that are staring at you and blinking and stuff like all around it's very surreal and you're there's like a bunch of cavemen there and everyone kind of talks like in caveman language <laughs> kind of reminds me <laughs> of like chrono trigger a little bit in that in that way uh yeah they, it's just it's just so full of character and i'm still unlocking uh many new powers as well 
Uh, it is a, it is a very unique game. It's very innovative. There's nothing like it that I can think of. And for me, you know, someone who's been a lifelong gamer, been playing since the eighties, uh, variety is something that is few and far between truly new ideas are very hard to come by in gaming. Now, much of gaming is very iterative, very, just like movies, very, uh, remake focused, very, uh, sequel focused. So when something's new and not, not you know, uh, very uncommon, that scores extra points for me on the innovation yeah, I mean, tip. And I can't think, I really cannot think of any game that is like Golf Story, period. It, it, it's it's a great hybrid of many cool ideas executed very well on a great system, too, to play it. Yeah, because I've, I've been hearing, like, a lot of buzz about this game, and it's kind yeah. of making me, like... Dude, it's Wanna fifteen buy bucks. It? It's fifteen yeah, bucks. Yeah, I, I know, but but I also I also just bought Stardew on the Switch. Fifteen bucks. That's how Man, much we ain't we, we made of money like you are, Jack. All right, I get know. Off your, Listen, get off your high hey, horse. I'm not made of money, but I'm just saying, Golf Story is worth fifteen dollars. You know, easy sell. So, well, so is Stardew Valley. Colin, you mentioned that you picked it up, right? Yes, yes, I did. Uh, I picked up Stardew Valley just today, actually, because today was the, the, oh. like the first time I've gotten to, uh, I've gotten to actually play games in a long while because of school and work and all that fun, you know, regular life people stuff. Get used um, to it. Yeah, right. Um, but anyway, Stardew Valley for very, very early, early first impressions. Wow, does this game have a lot of charm to it? Um, took me way too long to create a character because it just in any game where I create a character it takes me way too long. So I created <laughs> my uh, my waifu bait character, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, of course you know a girl with short short red hair and blue and green eyes or whatever. Um, and uh, I, I can't what did I name my farm? I don't remember what I named my farm. Oh, I was gonna <laughs> I don't know. I was like basically just writing like the first thing that popped into my head. So I was trying I was gonna call it Hammett Ranch as in uh Kirk Hammett from Metallica. He has his own farm. And it's called well, Hammett man. Ranch. That's what popped into my head. I'm into so, that. I'm into that. Yeah. So I was gonna call it that, but um and so what happened is I typed it in and when I got to ranch, it like it let me type it all in, but when it actually threw it up in game it cuts off the H in ranch, so it's Hammett Rank. <laughs> Sounds like a Star Wars like creature, right? I know Rancor. Yeah, yeah. like the Rancor is like dad or something. Yeah, the rank. rank. Before there was rank, there or Rancors. There was ranks. Oh um, man. Yeah. So that that happened. Um, so when I'm thrusting into the game, they kind you know they give the whole intro, like a little bit of story stuff, and like why you why you had the farm and how you got there, which is cool. Um, all the characters seem pretty nice and. Uh, you know, I like how that has like all the social systems and stuff, which I haven't gotten, I haven't dealt with too much yet. But the first thing that happened when I got into the game was like, okay, so like, what do I do? <laughs> like, like, what yeah, do I do? I have no fucking clue mm-hmm. what I'm doing in this game. It's almost like yeah, when you right. open up out of the cave in Oblivion, right? You come out from right. the catacombs and you're just a revealed this giant world and you're almost paralyzed by choice. Right, I was like, I was yeah. like, uh, uh, cognitive dissonance. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I like about that game, though. Honestly, is that you can do whatever you want. Like, there's never a wrong choice to make in Stardew Valley. You know, like, there's no action you can take where you end the day feeling like, man, that's gonna hurt me in the future. You know, really? That's what I think. Mm, yeah. Okay. I, I haven't I mean, played much of the game. 
I'm just no, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, I looked, I started looking up a couple like starter tips or whatever, just to like kind of point me in the right direction. And I haven't, I haven't found too much yet. So like, I was hoping Robert, you could give me a few starter tips <laughs> since we're talking tips. about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, start planting ASAP. Just that, which use all your. I've done that. all your money, all he, of your money. Throw he's it in a seeds. grow operation now. Yeah, just keep <laughs> growing shit. That's gonna like, you're gonna be poor for a while, but when you're able to sell it all back, you'll have yourself a pretty cushy like starting point uh and then hmm, take this, up a this hobby seeds it's it's called sweet leaf seed what what is that i don't i don't know what that <laughs> <laughs> um and then i'd pick up a hobby like fishing or mining okay that gives you some good some good good money when you sell all that stuff let okay. me um, let me ask you this yeah. is a real question here like i i know the value of this game i've seen people fall into holes with this game like is it relaxing calming and soothing or are there stressful elements to the game uh mm. it's very very relaxing it is one of the most relaxing experiences i think you can have as a human being <laughs> are, are there like time limits to things don't um, don't you have to go to the caves and or the dungeons and get stuff by a certain time or it just well, goes no, away just, or i don't know can, how it works you can so, like, you have until, I think it's, like, what, midnight or 2 a.m. until your character collapses. Uh, right, and then from you're just, exhaustion, like, teleported. you just walk them, work them so hard. <laughs> yeah, and then you, you're teleported back home, uh, and you start the next day with, like, half of your stamina bar instead of, like, the whole thing. Mm. Uh, that's kind of the only big time limit I can think of, like, the closest thing to that. Um, how, how long do days take in the game? Oh, I've never actually timed it out. Um, Would you guess 15, 20 minutes, half an hour? Shorter? A day? No, I'm, I mean, you can actually end five to ten minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds it, right. I mean, shit, even if it's like, okay, I've done all I need to do today, and I'm pretty exhausted already, so you can just go sleep and then skip to the next day. So, Right. At least that's okay. what I've seen so far. So. Okay. It depends on what you want to do. Like, if you want to make the effort to try and talk to every townsperson every day, that's probably going to take more time, like real world time. But if you just want to, like, I wake up, I water my crops, I go into the cave, and I hunt down rocks, do and the you go cops, to bed. Do the uh, cops <laughs> come and try and snatch your crops ever? The crows? The, the co- Wait, do the cops ever try and the, come and snatch your crops? Are, are you talking the fuzz, the popo, the 5-0? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think there's police in this game. Okay, I don't yeah, think there is. This it's is like a- what do you think? Stardew Valley, the Kush growing simulator. You got to grow your Kush, <laughs> but you can't let the cops know. There's a Payday Two tie-in where multiplayer <laughs> teams come in, snatch your apples, apple snatchers. <laughs> what is happening? Okay, no, go ahead. I digress. No, yeah, you like sometimes crows can like take your crops, so that's why you build a scarecrow to scare mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Classic see, that's already like that. happening to me twice, and I'm like motherfuckers, like I'm just waiting to build a scarecrow. <laughs> what about moles? Yeah. Are there any other animals that kind of are menaces, or just the crows? Really? All I can think of is the crows. Other than that, all the animals are animals you can like uh, tame and like you know domesticate, like cows. Do you have uh, to? Is there does, is there a Monsanto um, <laughs> license in this game where you have to, <laughs> where if you're caught reseeding, you get thrown in into jail? No. 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 <laughs> No, there is no jail. This is a happy, cushy little town where you can do whatever you want, All right, except sorry. for kill people. I watch too many food documentaries on Netflix. <laughs> I no, no, no. 
I I found in this game I found a cave. So does that mean is there is there some sort of like small version of dungeon crawling in this game? Yeah, I yes. was talking about you go yes. to the dungeon to get stuff. Like you'll you'll see you'll see. You'll oh. you'll get like copper and iron like and that and then you can use Yo. that to make your farm tools better and stuff. It's cool. I, I, oh, I, dude, yeah. I also can okay. confirm. I mean, I think Switch is a great platform to play this game on, but I will say that oh, yeah. this game looks fan fantastic in 21 by 9 aspect ratio 3440 by 1440p it actually looks so good that way you actually see way more on the sides and it it's just a awesome looking game on pc so yeah hmm. i kind of wanted to chime in about the switch like the switch version itself because i played it a lot on pc obviously um the switch version it's very nice like obviously since the resolution's smaller like you see less of the world uh like per screen you know but it's not like you never, you don't really need to see anything from far off. Like there's no like fireball coming in from across the screen or anything like that, you know? So it's not a tense thing, but I will say the save times are like really long and maybe yeah. I'm just used to fast save time just cause I've got like an SSD in my PC, but they're like really long. I noticed that. Like I was ending the day, it was like, mm. "Oh, don't do not uh, shut off your console or whatever while this while saving. It could take this could take a long time. It literally says this Whoa. could take a long time. I'm yeah. Like, oh, they need what the hell? They need to patch like, commonly, that. Commonly, yeah, commonly, I like put it down and wait for the you know the crow or not the crow the the uh, rooster to go like cock a doodle doo and like I hear I listen for that and then I'm like, oh, okay, it's time to pick up my switch again. Whoa. Like it's a long (laughs) enough time where I feel the need to not have the console in my hand for a little while. When you need SMS alerts to when you can play your game again, there's a problem. (laughs) That's all I'll say. You mean you mean every mobile game ever? That's terrible. What if they make you what if they make you pay for lower load times? Oh, that's stupid. (laughs) Not the Chuckle first case never of a, not the yeah not the uh, first case of terrible terrible uh, pay to win practices though we're gonna be talking about today. Hey hey, we don't we don't need to be giving EA and WB some more some more ideas. All right, <laughs> seriously. Um, but yeah, I just to put a pin in the Stardew Valley thing. Like, can't recommend it enough if you're looking for a farming sim. It's on like PS4, Xbox One, PC. Now the Switch. So like, you kind of have no excuse to not be playing it. It is Same. only $14 or $15, and you yeah. will not find a better uh, price to gameplay time ratio, I think, in gaming this year. For sure. Uh, I want to talk about a game that I played over the weekend. Uh, I played the Star Wars Battlefront 2 beta. I played a little bit with Jack and then some other friends of mine. Uh, wow, that game. I'm torn so hard about how I feel about that game. I, I guess mm. let's start with the positives. It's would you cool. play it on? I played it on PC. Um, I don't know for sure if the beta was open on PS4, or Xbox One, but I mean it'll be coming to those consoles when it officially comes out November 17, I believe. Uh, awesome. Yeah, so it looks it looks great. It looks phenomenal. It looks so pretty. Like Jack, when you and I play, like I remember you commenting, like this looks good. It is like, a graphical and audio tour de force. Absolutely, yeah. uh, it like, makes every yeah, every dollar I spent on this PC seem worth it. Yeah, and and the audio too. I wanted to touch on that. It's just like there's there's nothing like playing a shooter and actually hearing the Star Wars soundtrack like bum ba dum ba dum ba 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 like under that. You know, it's just it feels so driving. It's really really cool. Like I didn't think I'd care as much about hearing the John Williams score like underneath me shooting the rebel scum, but it's like. 
it was really cool and it felt really nice. Um, and all the like the phaser sounds, it just it puts a smile on your face. Like when you're flying a Tie Fighter and you hear the iconic oh yeah laser shooting noise, like it feels really nice. It it just it's a game that if you even mildly like Star Wars, it's a game that'll make you feel like you're in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic game on its own right, but for being a Star Wars fan, like it only you know is an extra layer of icing on a pretty awesome cake so far. I thought I would like this game. I don't know if you remember back when we did our E3 episode, but I was pretty hype on it then. And now that I've played it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to buy this game. I'm just going to do it, and I'm going to have fun with it. And there's a lot more game here now. I can I can mount a better argument for Battlefront 2 than I could for Battlefront 1 because the larger criticism of the first game came out two years ago is that there isn't much of a game there. Is there's some limited multiplayer modes, and that's kind of it. And it's sixty dollars full price game, right? And then I remember it was like a fifty dollar uh, season pass, right? It was like yeah. ridiculous. So you had to pay over a hundred dollars for not even a complete game experience. This is different this time. With Battlefront Two, they have a full single player mode, story mode. They have up the ante, and they're not shy about showing you either. Because what happens when you first boot up the beta? They pull out these basic like. <laughs> powerpoint slides to show you right like we have three times the amount of heroes 18 times the amount of guns like i don't know it was a fun it was a weird way to do it and john boyega is there staring you in the face like yeah that's my favorite thing it's like john hi i'm john boyega you're playing star wars battlefront 2 (laughs) yeah it's really really cheesy i I get what they're going for but John Boyega, remember he put out the uh, he put out tweets. It was like, "Hey, EA, where the hell is the single player campaign in this Battlefront game?" Yeah. See now, yeah. looking back on it now, I feel like that was like an orchestrated marketing move. I oh, don't feel like sure. that. I don't even feel like that was a sincere tweet. Now, based on what's what you know the output of that, uh, I, but like you said, I it's going to be hard for me to imagine a better looking and sounding game this year. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm just saying it's hard to imagine because this nah. game looks good. Yeah, I will say, like, my experience, from the little experience I had with the first game, uh, the the sound design and the visuals just absolutely blew me away. There wasn't much, it was pretty, like, pretty, uh, like, shallow otherwise, the, you know, the game as a whole, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Yeah. sound sound design and visuals, mm-hmm. they went all in on. Especially with, uh, I think they have Atmos, Dolby Atmos uh, implemented, like, in the, in the audio engine, uh, and... I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not really asking a lot of this game. And everything I am asking, it's sort of giving me with a few caveats. I mean, I, I'll wait to uh, you know have a final verdict on it once I actually get my hands on the full release when it comes out next month. But the beta did its job, and it sold me. And I can't think of many other franchises or developers, for that instance, in DICE that do uh, – where are they based out of Sweden, right? I think so. Yeah, and that do such a great job at making you feel like you're actually part of this giant war that's going on. And it they're just so successful at that. I, it's just slick looking. It's just it's just hitting all the the buttons for me to like, yeah, we're 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 going to do this. I'm going to pull the trigger on this game, pun intended, I guess. <laughs> hmm. Uh however, this game is not without its flaws. Sure. And I think this is a good segment into the new section of the podcast. So here's the thing. Open Critic, which is like, it's a lot like Metacritic in a way. They're taking a stand on loot boxes. 
And I'm not saying this is coming off hot off the heels of like Star Wars Battlefront 2's loot box plan, but the Battlefront 2 loot box plan is like atrocious. It's really bad. They I'm took, not a fan of it. They took a lot of time and effort, and there I think there's like a real evil team at EA behind this because they obviously are applying some really evil elements of economics to drive and motivate people to spend money after they've already bought a full price game. Yeah. And it's just not appreciated. It's not asked for and they're getting away with it. And I hate it. So, yeah. so to kind of like give a quick detail of like what the loot box system is for battlefront. So you have all the different classes, you know, like assault, heavy specialist, you know, all that stuff. And then you have like all of your heroes. Like you can eventually play as Boba Fett, Han Solo as uh, Ray, etc. Uh, to upgrade these characters, you need to get tr- like cards that are like, you know, basic stuff like, uh, you know, shorter cooldown on this or like, you know, longer ability effect on that. You know, they're like, they're things that affect how the character plays and you can equip up to three of them. Once you get a character up to level 10, the way you earn these cards is through loot boxes that you can buy via in-game currency, or probably most likely you'll be able to spend real money to get in-game currency to then get the loot boxes. Um, And that's the only way to get the cards. The only way to level up your character, though, is by collecting cards. Like, it doesn't matter how many hours you have on the assault class, it won't level up until you've collected, like, 10 cards or whatever. Which, again, the only way to collect cards is through loot boxes. So the only way to progress to make your character stronger is through in-game currency loot boxes or you can oh. probably buy them <laughs> or you can get <laughs> a little just bit of buy them yes yeah, so just you know some money just yeah. just just <laughs> over here that big right. deal you want to be stronger right ah oh. like it's literally paid like if you spend 60 dollars day one to buy the game and then decide i've got another 50 dollars lying around let's just drop that on loot boxes you're going to be stronger than all the other people playing that game for the next day or two at least they've got some gumption man and really just coming full force and implementing this pay to win kind of model i just think a lot of developers have been shy on doing this and EA is like fuck it yeah <laughs> you know we need and, and our it, stock it, is low we need you know mass effect and drama bombs <laughs> like we need to figure something out quickly oh my god so like it doesn't <clears throat> help well hold on it doesn't help that the loot crates also contain cosmetics that don't level up your character at all. So there's literally a chance at mm-hmm. making your character better or just making your character cooler. Right. But not both. It's evil. Mm. It's just pure evil. Uh, and, you know, and the, the people that are going to win, the people that are losing are consumers. The people that are going to win are the developers. And people are, are just, you know, it, it works, though. That's the, that's the evil behind this. People, there are these whales, right, that make up, like, the top two uh two to three percent of spenders they spend a shitload of money on games it's like into and i'm talking like into the thousands of dollars okay i can it's hard for me to even stomach the fact that i've spent way more than i care to admit on loot boxes in overwatch but that's purely cosmetic okay that's that doesn't yeah. affect at all what abilities you have etc just like how everything looks you know and, and that's a game that i've spent hundreds of hours in and i enjoy it and i don't mind spending that money but the thought of having to spend money to maybe level up potentially or not right 
it's it's just it's just really it's a really sour yeah it's really sickening kind of sour element of this game that really draws me away from it and really distracts me from having fun playing playing the multiplayer like based on this like just on principle i'll i would never want to spend a dime on this yeah and honestly um it's just it's disgusting it's just another disgusting business practice that these publishers are coming up with man and it's just so obviously loot boxes they're the new they're the new hot trend they're the new online pass they're the new i don't know uh give me another anti-consumer practice whatever insert an season anti- pass yeah season pass i guess so i mean we can't deny that loot boxes are becoming a force right i mean there was that article floating around about what blizzard made 3.8 billion or some shit like that on loot boxes and uh overwatch i didn't point, know that oh three yeah point it's insane billion dollars no way but at least those loot boxes are just like costumes and dances. Exactly. And stuff. Exactly. Like it's not like you're it's not like you're gonna roll like, oh now you can build Reaper's alt ten percent faster. Like, no, that's that's not gonna happen. Dude, loot boxes are like higher than the GDP of half the world's countries. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, it's ridiculous. It, it's, it's like, you know, last generation we had the thing with online passes, we had the thing where Capcom was being absolutely shitty and they were basically selling you the ending to their games. A yeah. la Azura's Wrath. Yeah. Um, and it, it's like, when when is it going to end? Like, I understand it, it. You know, video game development is getting only more and more expensive, especially for the tri- AAA side of things. But it, it's like, if, you know, one shady business practice gets, you know, gets damned and then they just find another one to move on to and try to make their money there until it dies out and people are, sh- you know, shitting on it so much that they need to move on to something else so so ea you know i i feel like ea did that thing um they did that thing you know where they got the worst company of the year once or a couple times yeah. Uh, actually yeah. i think it was like two several years in a row two two yeah <laughs> it was at least two years in a row yeah right and and like you know and they beat like walmart for that which is no right obviously it was like you know a lot of gamers were going in on this and you know but it, i mean there it holds it holds something you know it holds some sort of candle to just how bad they really are because they just they do these practices man and it, it's just it just makes gaming look bad i don't know it's just and from my know. experience from my experience it's a really good game i hesitate to say great just because i haven't played the full game yet but it's a really good game and there's a lot of entertainment a lot a lot to enjoy there uh and you know but just the fact that they're they really just went whole right. hog and are now oh you have to pay to be better and be stronger right. and the people that paid more money have a much greater chance of being stronger and have access to things that you'll never have access to if you don't buy this stuff right and yeah. like and on a side note um shadow of war which just recently got released apparently you know a lot of people were going crazy about boycotting it because of the loot box system that was in the game and uh, yeah. i'm hearing stories that apparently it's not as bad as a lot of people were predicting it was going to be um so it's not really affecting the game as much as was predicted which is good good to hear i mean i don't think i'd i'd want to support still want to support something like that um and this whole loot box thing loot box thing is becoming a, a way more popular like business practice within gaming which is fine as long as it stays on the cosmetic side of things like you see yeah. in overwatch when you know of course 
you know, EAA of all people comes out and they're like, oh, never, never mind. We're just going to go full, full on like pay to win style loot boxes. And to the point but where he, your leveling up is tied to loot boxes, well, it's like, uh. here, here's the thing though. Shadow of War is a fucking f- single player game. That's true. Why does it need loot? It's a it single doesn't need player no, experience. It's so dumb. No, it's completely I'm not, yeah, yeah, it's I'm not like I'm and not trying to attest to what Shadow of War is doing at all because I do not agree with it. Not not at all. I'm that just element saying it shouldn't even be right, part right. of a single player no, game. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. But like, okay, so, so we don't need but here's the thing though, we also don't know anything about Battlefront 2 single player either. Right. Don't but even scare I, me with that. Oh god. Please. So yeah. far though, we haven't seen like you know, buy a loot box to see which ending you roll. Like, you know, yeah. oh we haven't God, seen anything like no. that. So I don't think we need to worry so far. Um, but right. yeah, because of all these loot boxes, open critic, when they're like taking a look at a game and they're like talking about the features of it, one of the features they're thinking about like putting on their reviews are like loot boxes. Are they fair? Are they unfair? Do you need to pay to win? Can you just, are they cosmetics only? All that, like they're going to analyze all the different dimensions around loot boxes when they're uh, like talking about games, which I think is like a really cool thing. You know, I think that's, it's sad that the industries at this point were a uh, review companies considering it. I mean, it, but, it feels like it's hey. warranted now. I mean, if, if it's, yeah. if it's, uh, if loot boxes are going to continue to be a persistent thing, um, and with Blizzard making so much money with them right now, I don't see what I don't see them going away anytime soon. They might be implemented in different ways, hopefully more practical ways, and not ways that are going to practically break your game that you're releasing. Um, right. I mean, as uh, long as they stay on that side of the you know the loot box side of things, they're gonna. I mean, it's warranted. They're see, having something like that when reviewing a game is necessary. So the larger question if we are willing to pull the camera back is that games development is only getting more expensive and the price of games right. is it, they are trying to keep it at 59.99 but as you can tell with everything coming out now it's it's the bare bones experience it's the baseline experience the reason dlc exists is just it's almost necessary to the development cycles that ga- that developers undertake now and it it contributes to the bottom line because they're just, you know, investing millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars into this. I remember back in the 90s, uh, Final Fantasy 3 or Final Fantasy 6. Now, that was $80 on yeah. su- on Super Nintendo. Chrono Trigger was cl- damn near $100. You know, Fantasy Star 4 on Genesis was about $100. You know, I don't I just don't yeah. think that uh, the market would be able to sustain if just a, a, a full complete game came out today and it was $100, but it was just a disc or a download. It would have to come with like some special controller or something like that, like Steel Battalion, you know, right. or it'd have to right, be like right. Street Fighter with an arcade stick in order to even justify that. But this is the consequence of that, right? Like they're they're putting in X amount of dollars. They have to extract as much as they can per player, or it's just does not make business sense. Right. You know? So and this I, and is, I this think is the will... high cost of having a fifty nine ninety nine dollar game, and that's well, it. yeah. I, I think too is we're kind of crossing into the debate of. Uh, you know how expensive expensive games are, and we don't have to go into it. And, and but a lot of it is tied to the fact that we still have brick and mortar stores. Um, the reason why we still have that fifty nine ninety nine uh, price, even if we were to cut out, if we cut out brick and mortar stores now, yeah, games would cost you know relatively less. They would still be pretty pricey, but they they would definitely wouldn't be sixty dollars, and we wouldn't wouldn't have to worry about supporting brick and mortar stores because um, that's just really what's holding it there. I mean, because right. it doesn't cost anything for a developer to put their game up for download, really. The cost of production is what kills them a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. 
Well, while we're talking about sad news, let's talk about some <laughs> news that really shouldn't fucking be news. I hate that this is news. So, Bethesda, when they were marketing uh, Wolfenstein 2, which if you know anything about the gaming industry, Wolfenstein is a, like, what, 30, 40-year-old IP that's just about killing Nazis. Mecha Hitler, like, baby. Bring yeah, literally, back. like, it's all about killing Nazis. Oh. So, in, in their marketing for Wolfenstein 2, uh, like, the upcoming game, they, they said something like, uh, make America Nazi free again, which is like... <laughs> I, I I could support that. I don't need to be convinced really hard to like support that. But yeah, because of it's not the, a hard sell, you would think. Like because of the fucking political climate today, people like took offense at it and were like, "Wow, <laughs> yeah, why don't you keep marketing to the leftist liberal cucks?" Am hey, I right? It's like Tifa. Like, are you kidding? Literally Nazis, like Hitler. I know Holocaust. Like, Listen, man, the internet has now there are a lot of great components about the internet but it's also made it very easy to enter and remain in an echo chamber and find like-minded people and just like sit here you know and like bounce around ideas da, 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 da. this concept has been explored ad nauseum but I, i'm as shocked as you are completely that in america in 20 damn near almost 2018 <laughs> yeah we have people that uh. take umbrage with saying make america nazi free like, how many years we removed from World War II, people? Like, do we not, you know, remember? Like, and, and like, <sighs> it's not like Wolfenstein goes out of its way to portray Nazis as like, oh, they could be all right people. Like, no, they go way out of their way to make yeah. Nazis seem like literally the scum of the earth. You know, it's like, yeah. I would say almost caricatures, sure. right? Like, I to agree. an extent. So it's, it's really, I just, I don't understand human beings anymore. I just yeah. don't get it. I just like, oh, yeah, so I guess we're just supposed to let Nazis bring on the supernatural apocalypse then? (laughs) (laughs) Is this what you want? Is this what you want? Like, listen, guys, I I don't want to get too into it, but as you may know, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but my uh, grandfather is a, he's 96 and he's a World War II veteran. He was in Pearl Harbor, you know, on December 7th, 1942. He was there and, you know, he fought the Pacific Theater. But I remember growing up very young, he was very glued to the History Channel and very into, you know, what was going on in the European front. And just to think, you know, that World War II, all the suffering, all the dying, all the sacrifices that this country went through, you know, to to accomplish what was accomplished in World War II with the Allies. Like to think now that we have people that are, you know, mad at something, just a little tweet by a little video game developer. You know, it's just like, I, it's it's unfathomable. I just can't believe it. But I'm with you. I hate that it's news. But wow, people. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I just. I'm speechless. People fucking suck. What's so next? Let's, Hashtag zombies let's, are people too? Yeah. <laughs> zombie rights, man. <laughs> let's, let's end this news section on a very positive note, though. So do you guys remember that game Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice? Yep. See. Yeah. That that one game about psychosis. The one game the I voices, still need to play. It's very great. Yes. Uh, so the voices talk in your head. It's supposed to simulate the idea of like having a mental illness. So the developers behind it, Ninja Theory, uh, they put out an announcement where on World Mental Health Day, that was Tuesday, October 9th, uh, every all the proceeds made from sales of Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice on that day, on that 24-hour period would be donated to this one uh, charity in the UK that's, like, all about 
supporting people who have mental illnesses or who need help with their mental health. And I think that's wow. just really cool. That's just so nice. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that game took a lot of effort uh, and dedicated a lot of resources to try and really be true to that experience, you know, of, and not make light of it, not treat it, uh, you know, or and, and treat it with the level of respect that it deserves. And uh, the documentary I heard, there's a really good uh, making of documentary. I haven't watched it because they really recommend that you beat the game before you watch the documentary for spoiler reasons, of course. But what I've heard is that, you know, it's, it's very eye opening. And it really kind of goes through the process that the developers went through with their advisors, etc. It's again, you know, just kind of ticks those boxes for me. Like this is a different game. There's not much like this. There's not much. There's not many developers willing to go here, and they're really putting their money, uh, you know, where their mouth is with this. Like they're really backing it up and really putting effort to raise awareness for for mental health, which is continuing to be and has always been my entire life an issue in this country that has never been fully addressed. I mean, every day driving to work, there are mentally handicapped people like begging on the side of the street. I pass them and I see them multiple times every day. It's like a it's a real issue. Yeah. Yeah, man. I and think- I think it's it's really cool that Ninja Theory of course does something like the uh does something like this and a lot of respect to them. A lot of respect to them bringing in uh a psychologist helping them, you know, an actual researcher get their get their bearing straight on like what it actually is like to have psychosis because I think there should be more research involved in video games in general and vice versa. Um and it was actually really cool what the the way I actually first heard about this this trailer actually before it was out. Um actually saw on my Twitter feed some guy retweeted that uh Ninja Theory had actually replied to his email. He actually emailed them about the game. It was like, "Hey man, I really enjoyed your game. Like, hmm. you know, I'm someone that struggles with mental health and blah blah blah. Like this this really um I I really appreciate what you guys are trying to do and uh stuff and basically gave us like a, a really uh awesome personal story and stuff like that and Ninja Theory is like hey man yeah thanks for sending us an email we're gonna uh, would it be okay if we put this in our trailer and I think he's one of the guys in the trailer so oh, cool yeah, 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 yeah to kind of expand on that so like while they were while they announced that all the sales of that one day are gonna go to a mental health organization or a charity uh, they released a trailer that is like they called it an accolades trailer but instead of like review quotes saying like 10 out of 10 best game uh you know i've never had an experience like this before you know all that classic quotes that you always see with a game like after it's been reviewed uh instead on this trailer which by the way is made up of like in-game photos taken with the photo mode that Mm. fans sent them oh cool uh right uh all the text on that trailer is like bits and pieces of stories like the the one that Colin mentioned of people who like took the time to send Ninja Theory a message like about how that game affected them or the people around them and helped their understanding of their mental illness or something like that mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like really touching you know like there was this one I saw that was like um, someone saying that they had a mental breakdown recently and then their brother like was ashamed to know them like he said that out loud and then, like, after that person's brother played the game, they just turned to the person and said, I'm so sorry. Whoa. I need to play right? this game. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, it's, it's heavy stuff, but it's it's really, like, heartwarming to kind of, like, see a video game, which we've established previously on this podcast, as something that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, actually tackle such a, like, serious and important issue in yeah. such a cool way, I think. Awesome, man. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
that puts a pin in it, I think, for the new section of our cast. So let's jump over to the Would You Rather section. All right, gentlemen. Jack, yes. yeah, you want to hit us? Yes, I'm going to hit you. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I have another. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I have another. Yes. Yeah, that was a yes. Jack. very strange reaction to that. <laughs> Just leave the money on the counter and get out of here. <laughs> Hey man, don't, don't even don't even kiss him goodbye. Just leave it there. Yeah, yeah. No eye contact. Come on, hit me, Jack. No, hit no me, Jack. Eye contact. It's like we're at the urinal now or something. I don't know. <laughs> Jack's don't got his pants me. around his ankles. No, I do not. <laughs> I'm not okay, wearing any pants. <laughs> but he's okay. not though. But he's okay. not. Can we get to this very serious? Would you rather, please? Yes, hit us. Okay, no, it's not serious at all. Okay, listen up. Would you rather have the last thing you ate be the only thing you could ever eat again or have the last location you ever visited be where you have to live for the rest of your life? Discuss. Who wants to go first? Oh, boy. Discuss. Oh, jeez. So, Mm. man. Okay. So, let let me give you guys a little background. So, the... It's funny that you say this just so happened to be something to do with food because the thing that I ate right before this podcast was the last thing I ate, obviously. And uh, the the thing that I ate was something that my roommate came home and he was like, hey, so I just went to the grocery store and I experimented. So I want to experiment with this concoction I'm about to make. And it's inspired by our trip to Piata last Thursday, which Robert, Robert was there. Um, oh, I miss Piata. I forgot we uh, don't have those down here. Damn it. Yeah. Sorry, bud. Yeah, it's pretty, good. Pretty good stuff. Uh, um, the Piata so, sticks with the ranch. Sorry. Good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that stuff. Um, anyway, so he makes like this concoction that's kind of like in the vein of Piata, but he takes, uh, it was, uh, man, I can't remember. He's like chicken and he like uh, put uh, like, uh, what, what, do you, what do you call that stuff? I, I, it's not like breadcrumbs, but it's kind of like uh, panko. It's more flaky. Yes, that. Panko, and uh, he mixed it with curry and orange chicken sauce. Uh, like, yeah, okay. Mm. So he mixes all that together, puts it on this breaded chicken and stuff, and then like bakes it in the oven. And then on top of that, he's got like a tomato sauce, like a spaghetti sauce. Uh, what? Dude. Uh, uh, now that's listen. not experimenting. That's not experimentation. Uh, that's an abomination, it sounds like, dude. That's like awful. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like the thing that crawls out of you after and the on top of chest that, buster <laughs> pops out. And on top of that, this is like some epic mealtime type shit. Almost. I thought I was going to like I what you were going to say. Yeah, no. I thought I was going to like this. No. So I and it sounds weird. And then on top of that, he made spaghetti noodles. All of this. And so he takes all of this stuff that I told you guys about. And then like he has like the breaded chicken and then <laughs> takes, the, takes the sauce. Takes no, takes the sauce, put it over puts it over the chicken, and then uh takes the spaghetti and then puts it all that all that's on top of a tortilla. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Yeah. I've I was kind of reeling in my head. Did what? you say the word blender at some point? No, 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 no. Jack, said, Jack said blender. Okay. Jack said blender. <laughs> no, I was goofing. No, I'm not that old yet. Anyway, so yeah. pull chi- out your teeth. Yeah, so yeah, so the chicken, the the sauce, the spaghetti, and, and then cheese, garlic and herb cheese. 
I'm lost. I don't know. Inside, is this Italian? This is this a taco? Is this a yeah? And curry? the spaghetti. Yeah. Anyway, so he wraps this up, and he's like, "Yeah, it's inspired by Piata." And I'm like, "I don't know how I, I feel about this." And this I'm is so inspired by Willy Wonka on crack. Now listen, <laughs> if anyone maybe, working at Piata is listening to this, we do not endorse you. This is not an endorsement because this is making you sound real gross. Yeah, this is so. No, 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 no. It wasn't like an official Piata thing. I don't know, but anyway. Like so, I tried some of the chicken before he wrapped it up and all the rest of the stuff, and it wasn't bad. It actually was not bad. Turns out chicken's uh, good, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, the chicken with the breading and stuff, and the curry and the sauce. Um, uh, and then I, uh, I had it all together in the wrap with everything, all the the fixins and all that. And I was like, oh, God, I'm pretty, I'm pretty hesitant about this, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I've had worse. So I said, fuck it, ate it, and I was like, this is not bad. It's not something I would eat all the time. This is not bad. Now, please, please don't tell me that you're going to choose okay. the last thing I ate as the thing I always just eat. I need to hear where he was now. I, I now I, I was. Yeah, okay. hu- Thank you, Colin. I was hungry. Somehow no more. Somehow I, that, that uh, guys, desire I just to let away. you know, I feel fine. I'm not Oof. sick or anything. It was it wasn't that bad. It, like it was like it was very it, it wasn't bad at all. I just wouldn't eat it a lot. It but here's 20, the thing. Give it 24 hours, Colin. OK. <laughs> Talk to me. Then. But. I will, I think, however, I will choose the last food I ate because here's why. There's enough There's enough variety in all those ingredients. You're Listen, doing this wrong. Tell us where I'm, the last place you were was first before you tell us your decision. Okay, okay. The last, the last place I visited, like, what do you mean? As in, yeah. like, traveled to. I went completely out of my Just way and visited. traveled to. It could have been Walmart. I don't know. Oh, um... Man, that was the. Com- I mean, the computer store. Like, if you're getting, you were getting like literal within like the city. That's perfect. Yeah. Why wow. would you not live there and instead eat that fucking abomination every day? What computer store? Do you want to say or is just wait, some- wait? So no, it's literally called the computer store. Oh, funny. Yeah. Um. So, and when you say go there, that's the only place you can go, as in you have to stay there and you can't go anywhere else. You have to live there. Just live there. You have to live there. Okay. So, yeah, okay. So uh, living there wouldn't be so bad. So I was thinking like it had to be some some more place like geographic place in general. Like you had to stay around. Like I, if I move to a new city, I can never leave that city. I thought that's what you meant. So uh, what did that's you, what did you think I meant, Robert? Did you think that too? I I assumed whatever establishment or whatever you were last yeah, physically that's at. That's how I meant it. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, man, I don't know. Well, the thing is, yeah, I wouldn't want to be stuck in one location though. That's the thing. So I think well, what you just you just live there. You live there. That's where you sleep. Yeah, but what if I so wanted to move? You can't buy. You buy another house. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you so you're another. picking that food. Hold on. Say your reason now. I think I know what you're going to say. What's your reason for picking the food? It's because there's so. I think there's so much going on in there. Like, okay, so would it be considered cheating if? I, I mean, and I didn't use any additional ingredients, but if I if I did, if I made different things out of the same stuff that was in it, would that be considered cheating? Yes, you have to eat it as it was. Hmm. It's not the ingredients, or you know, no, it's that's what you have to eat. That curry crap. No, no offense. <laughs> I'm sorry if your roommate listens to the show. Like, it just sounds. It sounds like what you said. It sounds like it sounds like someone was experimenting. It was like I'm gonna throw all this stuff together. You know, I'm not a huge curry guy either, but it sounded like was there spaghetti? Was there tomato sauce in there too? Yeah, 
See, tomato that sounds sauce, really orange weird. chicken sauce. That sounds super. Like I'm not even a guy it that likes to. It wasn't overkill with the orange chicken sauce. It was I, used very, very I sparingly. I don't like to. I don't like to mix even two sodas in my cup. I'm not a big fan of like that kind of Mixed. flavor intermingling. You know, so to me, I, I'm not a big kind of throw this in there, throw this in there. Give me the give me the recipe that the chef intended. You know, mm. for me. So I, so so you would have to eat that the way it was eat, the way it was meant to be eaten. You can't separate them. Man, okay. So if if I can like, well, yeah, but I have to live in the the one place like for the rest of my life, and I can never move somewhere else. I mean, you're in pretty good shape because you're at a place with uh with electricity. You're at a place with the internet and computers. Like, could be a lot worse. That's that's true. It's not a bad place. It's kind of a crappy location because of the street it's on. But you'll uh, never leave anyways. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm just, I don't know, man. Uh, okay, you, so you have to decide right now. You go, have to decide yeah, right go, now. Go back to go to Robert. Go Let's to Robert. Go to Robert. Go Let's Robert. find out. Yeah. Tell us, Robert. Okay. What was the uh, last so, thing you ate or his last place you went? Uh, last thing I ate was a nice, sweet, beautiful beef roast, like a like a slice of beef roast. Not bad. A sweet, uh, beautiful, like a sweet dash oh, beautiful, sweet, beautiful. It was it was so good. It was so delicious. Homemade. Um, Oh yeah, like nice. I just made it right before the podcast. Uh, uh, last good. place I've been to uh, since I work at home was actually at the bars over the weekend. Uh, specifically, Bodega, nice little place in the short north oh, here in no. Columbus. See, it's very see Colin, when John I said Bo- it could John be John Boyega, <laughs> Colin, when I said this could be worse, this is the kind of thing I mean. <laughs> like you're not too yeah. bad. Yeah, so uh, I could uh, live in a bar, and I would choose to live in a bar because, honestly, the idea of eating the same meal every day is like, just just kill me now. Like, this is my last meal. This is my death row meal. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. You would live at Bodega? Uh, I would live at Bodega, yeah. Dude. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> it, it, I'd make it nice. You know, I'd, I'd cozy up a little bit in there. When I'd you, find my own little corner in the kitchen or the pantry or something. I promise you, pantry. you're uh, you're in your early 20s, right? Yes. Yeah. I promise you, in like eight to nine years, you would get sick of Bodega. Probably sooner, because you're there every day. I, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd get sick of it within the first week, because I'd be living there. <laughs> yeah, it would suck. <laughs> but you know what? I could still eat literally anything I wanted whenever I want. Is the food good at Bodega? I have never had their food, uh, okay. so I have no clue. Okay. But I could try it instead of having to eat the same sweet, delicious pork beef roast every day. You know, I managed to go to Ohio State for a number of years, and I've never been to that place. I've heard plenty about it, but I had I never had a desire I, to partake. I mean, it's pretty... Wait, do, have we been to Bodegas? I don't, know if, I don't know if I've... Uh, went. Did we I go? don't know if I've ever been there with you. No, I don't think Whoa. I have. Whoa. Okay. The way I don't you said it. With you. Yeah. <laughs> With, with you, you. Like why would it go with you, Colin? Yeah, uh, man, yeah. I didn't know I was so gross. Collins, no, yeah, he just wants definitely. all the girls for himself. You're gonna mack on him. That's right. the problem. Yeah, right? with yeah. your six foot two, handsome long locks. Are you talking about me? Deftone shirt? No. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! This is a Depeche Mode <laughs> shirt. Okay. <laughs> this is not. I'm though. Hey, I actually am wearing Deftone socks. Thank you very much. Well, there you go. You're the only person I know that owns Deftone socks. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Jack, cool. I'm curious. Cool. Yeah. What, what would you pick? Uh, Wow. Well, the last place mm. I visited was work. And the last thing I ate was 
a double filet of fish from McDonald's just because I was crushed for time and had to be quick. How the tables have turned. I cannot fathom living where I work. I mean, eight hours a day is is I'm good. I'm good on that, you know. <laughs> hey, man, you already uh, practically live there already. So I mean, it's 40 hours a week, you know. <laughs> I, it's it's a full-time job, for real. It's a career. And, I, you know, the last thing I ate, it's it's not uh, it's not so terrible. Give me that full of fish. <laughs> Give it, me that it, fish. Yeah. <laughs> McDonald's, not so terrible. It's not, I mean, what did I have to drink? I think I had like a Diet Dr. Pepper or something like that. Oh, no, no. I had an unsweetened iced tea. Mm. And I had really good French fries, which nothing sadder than sad, crappy, crusty, you know, cold French fries. I had really good French fries this time. So I, I, can think like, of I don't fi- care for McDonald's fries, man. I really don't. I, you know, I care. <laughs> I care for them. Eh. I'm lukewarm. I, get, I, I don't care for them. Like, I, they're not bad, but they're not anything good, good. like good I don't go french fr- good hot salty french fries from mcdonald's fresh out the grease are are, are very solid Man, and they just they just it's like oil to me bro what are good french fries to you then oh um i mean i i'm, I'm a big fan of like seasoned fries mm. so i tend to lean t- more towards like arby's rally fries rally's okay. fries yeah okay. um even uh well of course five guys i love their fries the cajun but- style yeah. That too, yeah, yeah. Very good, very good. I agree. Uh, yay, seasoning is is you know, I don't know if it if it's preferential, but I don't think there's anything wrong with McDonald's fries. I don't I don't see how you can knock them. Now this will be controversial, but if you guys ever do go to In and Out Burger, it's kind of a definite inflection point in the experience with the fries there. They're definitely up for debate how good they are. Um, the burgers speak for themselves, but the fries at In and Out definitely have room for improvement. Mm. So yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard that. So I, I just, there's just no way. I don't care what I ate last. I don't care if it was that curry, tomato paste, anchovy wrap that you made. Yikes. <laughs> anchovy wrap. But I, uh, yeah, I, I could never pick work, right? It have to, it, it would have to be, I'd have to be able to live somewhere else other than that. And I'll, I'll go ahead and eat the double filet of fish. Like I said, it could be worse. Yeah. It could be, uh. It could be a lot worse than that. So, you know, regretfully, that that's my decision. Now, I guess Colin would just throw the ball back to you. Like, you know, you've had some time to think about it. What, right. What do you think your move is going to be in this scenario? Um, you know, after giving it quite a bit more thought, I mean, I, though it is a, like a pretty controversial thing to like keep eating every day. I just the general idea of eating something, you know, eating anything, period. It wouldn't matter really to me what it was. It could be like my favorite food in the world. The idea of eating something all the time, every day, just really bothers me. I couldn't do it. It, it just it just makes me uh, just think just thinking about like cereal. Like I <laughs> used to eat a lot of cereal, like a lot more cereal than I do now. We're back on and cereal now. <laughs> I know. And I because I, I love I have like a love hate relationship with cereal. Um, but I, I've oh, straight had love, straight love on this side. I don't know. Well, what I've had hate. like the same kind, like I've had every kind of cereal several, like a lot, several times over to the point where I've just been done with cold cereal in general for extended periods of time. <laughs> You're a whole milk man. If I remember correctly. As well. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because every other milk is not real milk. Whoa, um, wow. 
<laughs> yeah, we can get into that one later. Forget skim milk. I I could never get no behind skim, skim milk. Is garbage. I can tolerate two percent, but skim milk is garbage. I've I've done skim milk for an extended period of time when I'm trying to cut weight. Man, it is not. It's water. A good time. This guy's you're, milk. You're, anyway, yeah, you're in a bad mood. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I think with that, I'd rather live at the computer store. <laughs> and I will say, the computer store dude keeps that place pretty damn clean. <laughs> Are there like, good seats? Is there good lounging there? Now, listen, it, this is a very small locally owned business. It is tiny. It's small. Like, sure. It looks like it could have been someone's house at some point and they converted it into a like a huh. like a business. You walk I've in. I've never been. It, yeah. It, it's it's uh, over on North High, but it's uh, you walk in there and there's just like the front reception desk. And then to the left is literally like his work desk. And it, yeah. it's like you, you just you just see like a bunch of open towers and stuff and the dude's working on it. and he's really really nice guy anyway. But um, yeah, I'd much rather just like live there and I mean and have whatever I choose for restaurants <laughs> because here's the thing. If even if I could live wherever I wanted still it wouldn't matter because I can I can only eat the same food every day and have the fun of traveling is eating a bunch of different food. Yeah, so for sure. You know yeah. what I mean? Or going different yeah. places? Yeah. So no, I hear you. I'm, I think yeah, I'm do live... I have to just like would I if I chose the food? Would I just have to find a McDonald's everywhere I go? That would suck. God, dude, I, it yeah, wouldn't be hard though. Is the thing? No, it wouldn't. No. It wouldn't. No. It's like all right. I'm in uh, you know Shanghai. Where's the nearest McDonald's? It's like a nightmare. And then they're gonna have the exotic Shanghai exclusive items, and I can only get the double flavor. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the and that's the problem. <laughs> if I stuck with my thing, I would have to go completely out of my fucking way every time I wanted to eat to go buy those items <laughs> and then cook them. <laughs> I need panko right now. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. die. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, not to mention, like, it, it probably just wouldn't be healthy either. I don't know. To eat all that. I, give I me panko I'd or be, give me death. See, what I find, <laughs> give, like, hilarious. Give me something real, like puffins or something. Anyway. <laughs> what I find hilarious about all this is that this would you rather is hinged on the fact that, like, you just walk into the computer store. It's like, hey, I uh, I answered a would you rather question, and I got to live here now. Live here now. <laughs> do you do you have a uh, a corner for me to like set my stuff up? <laughs> so hope, yeah, you didn't, oh you didn't answer my question though, Colin. Like, is there some lounge seating there? Is there some? No, no. There's not really like much seating there other than like like the dude's desk chair or, or and maybe like one other chair or the 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 chair that's at the reception. So there's not really okay. like guest seating or anything like. Well, you'd have to do some, uh, you know, some quick work there to get him let, you know, have him let you bring a chair in there or something to at least sit on. Like, well, yeah, I mean, bro, I just live here granted, now. So. Granted, I have not been in the back of the place because it's like that's just like the front of the store. There's like, you know, mm-hmm. there's more in the back. So I'm sure there's like, I don't know if the dude lives there or not because it, it, it could easily like <laughs> have a bedroom. What if what if there. like years you, ago he had the same discussion with his friends at the bar? And like that place was the last place he went to. It's cursed. Yeah, you just cursed. tell him about your predicament, and he's like, "The cycle continues." I've, I've been there, my friend. <laughs> no, yeah. that's the thing. Like, someone, someone new comes in, and he's like, "I'm free." And then, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, the curse yeah, he just has been runs lifted. out in the street, yeah, kicking his heels, like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> with his Bluetooth earpiece in. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, you could do a lot worse. Yeah. yeah you know, like true. I said, you got, that I got, lucky. You got, you got a roof lucky. overhead. Yeah. You're, it is like a, a business, a place of business, but it's smaller. So you're not going to have to deal with like Walmartians or something. Oh, like no. That, right? Yeah. Like the, it was like, I'm the only one there when I was there and stuff like that. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. See, I mean, it could be worse. Like Jack said, you could be a piece of trash like me and decide to live at a bar. <laughs> that is. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> 
terrible. I would. That's a commitment yeah, to food. I would there. suffer that's through a commitment that. Commitment to because you guys floor, know. Uh, you guys know I cook. You know I'm passionate about the food I can put in my mouth hole. And if I have to put that same delicious sweet beef roast in my mouth over and over, I will kill nah, myself. It's sweet, it's sweet, delicious beef roast. Dude, at least it was home cooking. Oh, Mine was no, fast no, food. Yeah, that, that's true. But that's how committed I am. Something that I made tonight that I thought was delicious mm-hmm. and exquisite is still not enough to sway me to eat that same thing every day. Would Let me ask you, just throw this back on you guys. Would you pick where you work to live there? Would you guys do that? Cause, cause here's the thing. I've got like infinite free drinks, some snackage going on. There's a, there's a pretty decent cafeteria. Okay, uh, I've got great Wi-Fi. I've got the internet. I've got a comfortable, you know, chair. I've got a gym there. See, as, there's some good amenities. See, as someone, let, let me oh, go ahead, Colin. Uh, let me ask you guys something. Oh, okay. I work at a Dave and Buster's. Would you guys want to live at a Dave and Buster's? <laughs> Hell no. Yeah, I consider it. Just because the crowd, the public is the part. That's what I'm saying. Well, and the, that's the thing. There's not like, I don't I don't know if there's any like cuddly places in the back for me to like set up shop. You yeah, know what I mean? There's just It's just the cacophony of the whole, you know, thing. It's made to be loud and buzzy and you hear these bells and lights. Oh, and yeah. My favorite part of the day is when I get to flip the games off. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, oh, yeah. It's so peaceful. Oh, dude, it's yeah. it's weird, but it's because it's, it's kind of like when the. It's not the, it's kind of like you when the power goes head. out in your yeah. in your home, right? She's like, "Whoa, it's never been this quiet before with the fridge off." Yeah, know? right, right, yeah, and it's yeah. and it's like not that, not, and I I like being there, but it's being there all the time. No way. Yeah, yeah. as someone who works from home, I can say it's really hard when you live where you work because then you kind of just lose the motivation to work. It gets pretty tough, dude. It's, it is weird. As someone, I've worked from home as well. Uh, and it's a strange thing because even when you're on break or on lunch, you're just like, you never really, you know, you still feel you're at work even though you're at home. Right, right. It's, a, yeah. it's, it's, you think it's great and then you do it and you realize like, man, I actually would like to go to an office sometime, you know, or like to just get out of the home office. Yes. Right. And I mean, you know? I have someone who has literally worked where they lived. Like I did maintenance here at this apartment <laughs> yeah, complex. Right. right. Yeah. Like I will say it just, it's after working there for a year and a half or here for a year and a half, I've just gotten tired of looking at the place really. So I can attest to that for sure. Right. Uh, I think that should wrap us up though for this episode of the tiny disc podcast. So, um, you know, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you have answers to that, would you rather you'd like to share with us? Or if you have a, would you rather question you want us to ask on the cast, email it to us at tinydiscpodcast at gmail.com. You can also go to tinydisc.com to check out all of our podcasts there. Uh, It has all of our social media buttons on there. So if you want to go there to follow us on Twitter and Facebook and so on, uh, feel free to. It'd be really cool. Uh, If you enjoyed what we have done for you, uh, feel free to leave us an iTunes review. It'd really help us out. We'd really appreciate it. It only takes like a couple minutes of your time. And uh, tell a friend if you think they'd be interested in this podcast. You know, we like to try to have a grassroots kind of movement thing going on here. Uh, where can we find you two online on the social medias? On Twitter at boo underscore underscore five, five, AKA Colin in mono. I just now figured out that you're saying Colin in mono. Yeah. Like not stereo, but mono. I thought you were like 
half Italian or some shit like Colin Amato. No, no, you no, know, no. Like Alyssa Milano, Alyssa Milano or Ma, some Ma, shit like that. Mano Mano, Mano, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Mano Mano. No, and yeah. then I go to your Twitter and I'm like, oh, Colin in Mano. Okay. Get it? Because it's one okay. channel for me. Uh, get uh. it. <laughs> No, that's cool. Uh, at J-A-C-C-E-P-E-D-A, Mr. Cepeda, if you're nasty. Excuse- if you're nasty. What? Excuse me? <laughs> what what did that? I just walk into? <laughs> Dropping the mic. Mic's dropped. Oh, please don't. <laughs> Deal with it. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Panoptimist, P-I-N-O-P-T-I-M-I-S-T. Uh, that should do it for us for this episode. If you are still interested in our Blade Runner 2049 post-mortem, uh, check it out. Uh, it'll be after the music here. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie and or just don't want to be spoiled on it just yet, uh, probably cut it off here. Uh, but go see it. Yeah. Go see hold it. On. Hold on. Go can, see I, can, it. I, can, I, can I sell this next segment real quick? If you have no plans of watching blade runner i think you're gonna still enjoy listening to this podcast yes if you have zero plans just just keep listening it'll be it will make it good yeah actually i can agree with that yeah so if you (laughs) aren't interested in seeing blade runner stick around we can tell you why you should and or should not watch the film thanks for listening to the tiny disc podcast we'll see you next thursday Hello, welcome to our Blade Runner 2049 post-mortem, aka spoiler cast. Uh, I don't know if it was made apparent in the recording, but we are spoiling the hell out of this film. Uh, If you're not interested in seeing the film, stick around. I think there's a lot we could say that'll make things really interesting when it comes to uh, thinking about this film. So... I guess we can start off by talking about our general thoughts, opinions, feelings about this gargantuan two-hour, 40-plus-minute movie. What did you guys think of it so far? Maybe start off with Colin. Yeah, Um. so, man, this movie, this movie, man. Uh, this is a movie that I have been thinking about ever since I left the theater last week. The, this movie just every everything about this movie left an impression on me every scene the feeling the the vibe the 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 music the story i, I don't know it, it was i mean and I, and I know i'm just kind of gushing here but this this movie was really really anticipated for me and it just it delivered on any and everything i could have wanted out of a sequel to the original blade runner um I mean, Ryan Gosling was an amazing pick for the lead. I even thought Jared Leto's character was really good. I know, was it you, Jack, that doesn't like Jared Leto all that much? <laughs> I hate Jared Leto. I don't think he's I the only Jared Leto. One. Yeah, he's right. like that. And it's not, it's not, no, it's no, not no, just he's his not. films either. I think of him primarily as a as a terrible TV actor slash terrible musician. And so this is just another thing he's terrible <laughs> at. But go ahead. I'll, I'll no, get to um, that later. I mean, I thought... I, I really did actually like Jared Leto's character uh, in Blade Runner. I did like Wallace, Neander Wallace. 
quite a bit. I thought the scenes with him, even the, and you know what? They, there wasn't too many scenes with him in it, to be fair, even if you don't like him. Like, you know, he didn't get a, a crazy amount of screen time. Um, but like the things with him in it, uh, particularly the, the last scene, him with uh, Harrison Ford, uh, you know, where they talk about, they, they throw back a reference to the, the first film and talk about uh, Harrison Ford or Deckard's relationship with Rachel um, and how it could all be like they, the big revelatory moment where they're like, could it all have all been set up by Tyrell? Was this his plan all along? And that that shit, like, I don't know. I thought Jared Leto's character was just awesome in that regard. Just being that, you know, I'm basically playing God. And he, he reflected that, I thought. I, I so. think technically speaking, that part of the film was pretty cool. How they, like, brought in Rachel. But, like, as she... Yeah, that yeah, CG she was amazing, ladies. though. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. I, I was actually, like, that was the first time. Because, like, you know, they they... It was right before she like walked into the light, and so you could clearly see her character. I was like, uh, I don't know, like this is to- you know, because you knew it was going to be CG. So I was like, how are they going to do this? And then they did it, and it happened, and I was like, okay, this is a lot more believable than I thought it would be. It was like almost beyond Uncanny Valley yeah. for me. Like I was kind of shocked with how well it was done. It was actually done better than uh, Princess Leia uh, was in uh, what was it Episode mm-hmm. Seven? Yeah, or no, it was Rogue One. I'm sorry. Um. But that's just my opinion. I thought they did did that very well. But yeah, man, this this whole this whole movie this whole movie blew me away. And uh, I'll, I'll let you guys give you initial thoughts. But so I liked it more than the OG Blade Runner because uh, you know last week when we talked about it, I was very like meh about the OG film. This one, yeah. I think, is more interesting for the most part. Uh, I still feel like there are moments where it takes for fucking ever to explain any sort of story beat, but for the most part, the pacing is a lot faster and it feels a lot less like I'm staring at a screen for no reason. Than Dude, it's funny that you're saying pacing's faster in an almost three fucking hour long movie. Well, yeah, but I felt like more happened in it than in the two hour long final cut that I saw. Which I know is a like a really weird thing to say, but I just felt like there were more significant and important twists and turns. You know, like the whole is Ryan Gosling's character uh, like a like a baby, a well, like a baby a replicant, replicant yeah. like birthed by the miracle of you know Terrell or whatever, or was he not? And you know, like there were a lot of twists and turns to the story that I think kept it interesting. Whereas with Deckard, it was just like he's hunting six dudes. And he finds more clues. Oh, whatever. Four. See, I yeah. It's like he's hunting people. He finds clues. He hunts them, and then it turns into a horror movie for the last twenty minutes. Like I felt mm. to me, I felt like the beginning, mm. the first Blade Runner just didn't have as much going on as twenty forty nine is throwing at you, which I appreciate a lot. Having a more clear cut experience, more tight stories which yeah. you mean you're, you appreciate that yeah it's much yeah. it's, it's very that, simple oh go ahead no yeah I, I was just gonna say i can i can agree on that level it, it's definitely like a a way more grand in scope type of story than the first blade runner because yeah like you said the first blade runner is like okay it's this guy called a blade runner is hunting these four androids that are you know delinquent androids and they went they're basically there illegally so he's got to hunt them down and kill them but it's it's what he discovers about himself and about like 
you know, the way these creatures live and questioning his own humanity. That's, you know, it's the themes more than more so than the story itself, yeah, I guess. Um, with 2049, yeah. I feel like the themes were a little more like in your face. Like they made a lot of it like very, very obvious, you know, oh, yeah. they didn't try yeah. to sugarcoat or make anything super, super subtle. Uh, so, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know, call me a stupid guy, but I kind of appreciate that a lot more than like just the emptiness that was the first movie. Uh, Jack, you've been a little quiet. Do you want to hop in? Just trying to be a good podcast mate and not interrupt too much. But I think that this movie was really awesome for two thirds for a lot of the reasons you guys outlined. And I think the story goes somewhere that I don't know if I can exactly follow. So I cannot understate or overstate enough how good the special effects are in this film. It is absolutely a visual tour de force. It lives up to and exceeded what my expectations were for a modern Blade Runner. The music by Hans Zimmer, top of his game again. You know what you're going to get with Hans Zimmer. Every film he does, it's awesome. It fits everything. Seeing this movie in IMAX, man, I tell you what, this this was an experience. Some of the shots were so gorgeous and well thought out and crafted like i literally was like dropping my jaw like oh my gosh this is gorgeous like the scene where he goes to uh investigate you know the uh the bones or whatever find the dna and or, you know what i mean and that guy in the little office with that kind of yellow cutout of the concrete wall do you guys know what i'm talking about it goes around the corner yeah. like that shot was awesome mm. And there's no movies I can think of. One movie that kind of comes to mind a little bit is uh, The Cell with Jennifer uh, uh, Lopez. I don't know if you guys ever saw that movie, nope. but it has some real no. weird... It has to do with dreams and stuff, but it has some real weird avant-garde kind of uh, cinematography like that. It sort of reminds me a little bit of that, but this is so much better and dialed up to 11 on the visuals. The concepts, oh, yeah. I, just the concepts I, with his kind of pseudo... Um, girlfriend like the holograph i can't remember her name do you guys remember her name? Uh, hologram uh j is joy joy J-O-I. yeah she yeah. was she i thought her performance was very believable the first scene where they he buys the upgrade for her and they go outside for the first time dude it choos, that, it's so oh. cool it choose a, i mean yeah it the the movie is very very slow you know and it does definitely like sit there and let you really you know take in what's happening and it and it really uh kind of appreciates the gravity of, of of what's going on and uh i don't know i i was i felt like i was in really really great hands for the majority of the film there's a lot of praise i can hype on this and let's talk about that i mean this this movie got great great reviews from rotten tomatoes from mm-hmm. most critics it's it's very hard for movies if you go on metacritic it's very hard for movies to get over a 50 most movies do not get over 50 and even i've seen movies that get like a 40 or a 30 sometimes even a 20 i'm like that's a good movie i think that's i mean it's not gonna win any awards but i had fun you know but from a critical point of view it's hard to get a consensus and to to have one rated this well i was i i couldn't agree more i love the film yeah uh, uh, for the most part just a a number uh rotten tomatoes it's sitting at 88 percent wow 88 percent which is like crazy Super high, so that is very high. Yes. Yeah, I uh, I thought that Ryan Gosling's performance was fantastic. Probably controversial statement. Probably the best performance I've ever seen him in in a film. Period. And I've seen a bunch of his films. Sadly, uh, also <laughs> Harrison Ford easily 
the best Harrison Ford I have seen since, you know, the 80s. Basically, I can't think of it. he he really cared about this character and his scenes are phenomenal. I even think Jared Leto was a interesting villain. Uh, I don't like Jared Leto, Leto that much. And if you're hoping to see a lot of him and hoping to see a lot of Harrison Ford in this film, not really. They don't get a lot of screen time. It's mainly Ryan Gosling. And there's and there's a lot of quiet scenes, a lot of staring, a lot of brooding. <laughs> it was really fun for me. Yeah. It, my experience, I was sitting next to people that hated it <laughs> and we're just like like loudly like exhaling like, like during the slow scene and stuff and i thought it was really funny it was, it was actually like increasing my enjoyment of the film having people next to me oh that were God. were just not into it and i could tell they wanted to leave i heard there were some people i heard there were some people that were walking out of theaters just because it was some of the scenes they couldn't deal with how slow it was it is a yeah. big ass to have people sit there for three hours through some, but some of these re- scenes it's true, but the, I think eh, that's the thing. It's for the people that want to be there and see the movie. It absolutely respects its audience. That's a, that's what I love about this movie. Like you know what I mean. It it may be more forward with its plot points, like Robert was saying. But like, if if you're the the type of movie watcher that you know sit there and you know they don't you don't necessarily need everything thrown in your face. There's enough mm. subtlety there. You know what I mean. Here's the problem. I'll oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Yeah, it, I mean. Everything in the film just, I don't know, it, it it's just, it carries the vibe of the first one so much that it, it just, I don't know, it just hit all the right notes for me. I can tell that Denis so. Villeneuve, or however you say his name, like, cares a lot about this movie, and mm-hmm. he wants it to be as faithful to the original as possible, and just a natural extension of that. However, it does the thing that I hate movies doing, uh, where it's like, a shows a flashback and another reference, like, remember this part? Remember this part? Because this there's a very complex story here. And you have to really pay attention to really get when those reveals happen. A lot of twists, a lot of turns. Uh, for the first third of the movie, I was thoroughly confused. And the film wants you to be confused. The film wants to slowly, slowly unravel the plot, you know, and, and then really hit you at the end. But I... I it, it did that thing where it's like remember this remember that remember this this is where it all plays into it this is this is actually his daughter this is actually the the messiah that's going to save all of android kind etc and it and it's just like I hate when movies do that because I feel like if a storyline is executed well you will just know that you know, and if you're paying attention to the story you'll just know you won't have to be shown it again however this story was so complex I give it a pass because you kind of needed it because this like I said it was that's the true. world was just so confusing or just so mysterious that that you know i i think it was necessary to have those reveals come back because it's a three-hour movie you know and right i i loved i loved love (laughs) the villain the female uh oh yeah her name is love i loved her in it she was a great villain that scene where she grabbed the the brandy glass in her hand, oh, you remember yeah, that? Crushed was, the, yeah, oh, the police my chief. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, yeah, cringing, yeah. dude. Was yeah, like, that and, part was there was a lot of tension going on there, man. I really liked that scene the, a lot. The sound, the sound of the glass crunching in her hand too was like, oh. And she kept squeezing it, and when she screamed, like I, I was genuinely very intimidated by her character. Yeah, she dude, was I, that was good. that was crazy, and like I don't know, there was just so many scenes in that movie that will just that will probably just stick with me, dude. There's a lot, like. Yeah, there really is like um even even the the sex scene. 
The sex scene was the the cool one of the coolest things. Well, it's not the, really. It's a love scene. It's not really a sex scene, but it's a well, love y- scene. You know what I mean, right? But, right. But it's it was. There's nothing like that in cinema, dude. I've yeah. I've never like nothing ever, ever like no. like that cross. That was so cool it's the way they of, did that, and and it was it lasted a long time, long enough to make you uncomfortable, but they cut it off in a tasteful way to the point where like they're like, okay, like you get the point. You know what I mean? It is one of the so, strongest scenes in the entire film, in my opinion, and it's one of the right. greatest, like character, like so much is communicated without being said, and some of it exactly. is said overtly, some of it is not, and there's a lot to unpack in that scene. I think that scene will be studied, kind of in film school going forward. It's it's of that caliber, in my opinion. Yeah, I dude, I love that scene, and uh, and to to speak on favorite scenes, just just once more, because uh, you know, I'm trying to keep going here, but. Um, the the scenes in uh, uh, Wallace's chamber, like this, the cinematography and the design going on there, mm. the the where they had the floating pat platform above the water, and stuff, I thought that was so cool. Oh, I didn't even pick like up the, on that. Yeah, because it's like cool. that platform, and it's got like the stairs, and then you know it, it's very dimly lit, and they get the refractions and the reflections off the water, all the walls, dude. Just the way that whole scene was set up, just was beautiful. Yeah, amazing. I, I uh, think that his the concept of his character is very cool. That he's blind, but he mm-hmm. has these cybernetic implants that that love sticks on his neck, and you know he can see yeah, through those. That was cool. That was pretty droids. neat. Yeah, that's a cool concept. And he was really creepy, man. That scene where he gives birth to the woman android. Oh that yeah, that scene dude, is that was wicked with the scalpel. Yeah, Ooh, I was like, dude, this guy is is dark and yeah you know, he i thought really, dude at that part i was like am am i watching a tool music video right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> serious dude serious uh, along with that along with the love scene i think another scene that's worth calling out for sure uh and this is spoiler cast so we're just going to talk about it is the scene where k and uh deckard are fighting uh with the vegas kind of like a uh, performance going on on the stage and cutting in and yeah. out of the lighting Harrison Ford actually got punched in that, or oh, Harrison yeah. Ford punched Ryan Gosling, actually I, physically punched him in that scene by accident. I heard yep. that. I hope it made it <laughs> the final film. Some of those punches looked very convincing. Yeah. Like, I was believing, you know, I was believing Yeah, I was that like, fight. there's there's them Indiana Jones punches, man. But like. I think upon second viewing <laughs> of this film, I think people will find that the, the love scene and then that fight scene in Vegas were phenomenal see i i I really feel strongly about that. what i find kind of funny is when i saw that fight scene in the vegas style theater i couldn't get the thought out of my mind like okay is this deckard getting tired of punching k or is this (laughs) harrison ford the actor getting tired (laughs) of punching (laughs) like i could not get that thought out of my mind (laughs) that's funny no yeah, yeah you can't really un harrison ford you know him for just from what we've Got seen it. lately but i'm telling you he uh, is I great i think he's great in this movie i really think he gave a he sincere really effort i was i was very surprised i thought it was going to be and we've joked about it on the show i thought it was going to be a shit show like when he does indiana jones which he's doing another indiana jones i don't know if you guys know that mm-hmm. there's crazy. another one uh sorry colin but they did cut shia labeouf out of that one so uh, <laughs> his character shame yeah no one's swinging on the vines no, with monkeys but and- Speaking of Harrison Ford, dude, my favorite, I think my favorite scene with Harrison Ford in that movie might be the part like, you know, after they defeat Love and he's like swimming back and onto the bank. Oh, yeah. And he's like looking for Ryan Gosling. He's looking for, he's like, Joe, Joe. And he's like, 
you know, freaking mm-hmm. out. And they're like, and, you know, because he actually, you know, starts to show some sort of like sentimentality, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's showing, you know, really letting him, his, like, breaking out of his shell a little bit with, uh, with K. And yeah, just that, that part. And then, of course, we, before, you know, before we uh, get done with this, we have to talk about the ending. I we thought have the end. Yeah. Yeah, and just and the scene, by the way, where you're first introduced, like, oh, this girl is the girl who actually fabricates all the memories for the replicants. I thought that was amazing. I thought that was the coolest, like, coolest Pretty idea. Cool. Pretty yeah. cool. I mean, this movie's chock full of very cool ideas. Almost, re- you could argue, almost too many ideas coexisting in one film. Yeah. You know, that's why it's I mean, three hours Phil, long. That's what that's Philip K. Dick, man. He just throws <laughs> right. a lot at you. And he um, wrote this one too. He didn't write this one, but like he, I mean, there's the basis for it in uh, okay. Android's dream for electric sh- or of okay. electric sheep. Um, but yeah, the ending. I thought the ending f- of this movie was perfect, in my opinion. Hmm. Where Kay's laying on the stairs, and I'm, you know, pretty sure he dies, right? He's and then, dead. yeah, yeah, and then uh, Deckard meets his daughter. What's which, to stop you- androids from being just uploading their consciousness into another thing? And then, you know, just living on. What's to stop that? This is a pretty advanced I world. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there, I'm, there, there's no reason why there couldn't okay. be, but there's there's no reason. I don't know if they know if that's a thing well, or not. I think, was I, I think large, if, was, from a storytelling okay. perspective, if that were the case, like, that'd make you not give a shit whenever an android dies. Well, clearly, right? yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's what I'm saying. Should we care? That's my argument. Mm. Does right. She, well, is, does that is that part? Is there any weight to that? Because he's clearly an android. Now, let me ask you this real quick. The larger question of Blade Runner one. This went over my head if it got completely revealed. But I I came away from twenty forty nine that Deckard is a human. Am I wrong? Agreed. Sure. Yeah. Okay. No. I I think. I, well, the thing that 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 gets me is like, so replicants at least. Uh, from the Nexus 6 model and beyond, which is the, the models from the first film. You nerd. Uh, okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, because the ones in the uh, this film are the Nexus 8 models. Um, <laughs> so the the difference is, you know, they're they're all made made of flesh, right? But the thing is, I, they don't really they don't they leave it pretty ambiguous about how reproduction, you know, or the reproductive organs work in replicants. I, I mean, obviously, I, it's probably on purpose. But like, I feel like in this situation. Deckard would have to be a human to to reproduce. Right. So the thing is that humans and now androids can create new right. life now because and that's like I, the I big mean, reveal. Yeah, because even if you think about it like from a science pr- perspective, right? If you were to make an artificial human that could actually bear a, a, a human baby, like you, you know, you would have to have somewhere for to incubate, you know, the egg and have that all, all the embryo right. and all that stuff. And yeah, so it, it makes total sense that Deckard would be a human in okay. this instance to okay. me. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. And you know what? It almost yeah. doesn't even matter anymore <laughs> because right, it's not right. even part of the story anymore. What, what I, we're at the end of talking about the plot, and this is kind of where I want to leave it with this. This is my final kind of thoughts on this. I'm not confident. So the first two thirds, first three fourths, whatever the film, I was on board. The ending of it, the whole build up to a giant android rebellion. That's where I was kind of like, oh no, I'm getting like tinges of the matrix trilogy here and not a good way. And I thought the Mm. ending, I thought it was really stupid to kill the Ryan Gosling character. Cause obviously they're trying to roll into a big giant finale. Third film. You got to have Ryan Gosling in that. You have Mm. to, he was one of the best parts of this whole film. And I'm Mm. surprised to say that. 
So I was not hype on where the direction is that they're going with with this film. This movie is not supposed to be a big, giant popcorn alien uh android rebellion war film off world or anything like and that, that. and this that's is, probably why that's probably where they why they cut it off where they did though at the same time i'm just worried about the future i just don't know i don't i don't like the ending is not great for me it just didn't work mm. well for me and i, I mean, don't know and i don't feel good about the future and that can kind of tie into more of the financial <laughs> you know fallout of the film i don't know if you guys ready to transition well, there but i, I right, kind right, of yeah. want to leave my two cents on the film you guys don't mind? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Please, I th- I'm curious to hear what you have to say because, real quick, I'll, I definitely want to hear what you're thinking. But I, you know, we talked about it earlier this week. Like you just recently saw the first one, didn't like it that much for valid reasons, and now you're kind of only seeing the second one because we do the show and because Colin and I want to watch it and you want to be able to talk about right. it. But right. I would argue that if if Colin and I were not going to see it, you probably wouldn't have gone Absolutely seen it yourself. Not, no. Right. So I am curious, you know, to your takeaways. So, sure. again, like I said before, I think it's better than the first one. 2049 is better. Like, I think it's a funner film to watch. If you're going to choose one of the two to be a popcorn film, I'd say 2049 wins that challenge. Uh, not that mm. it is a popcorn film, but, you know, like, given the choice. But I think toward the end, I just kind of, like, stopped giving a shit about the story because it just felt like like jack mentioned it's almost too complex and i kind of agree that it's so complex that i'm like i don't give a fuck now i really don't like when you asked just be over already no seriously (laughs) because when you asked earlier like you know is deckard is like my takeaway was deckard is human and like colin was like oh yeah for sure i'm kind of like i don't fucking care if he's human and i really don't like no it doesn't matter yeah why would you create the first film and leave so many hints that say like is he a replicant i don't know and then create mm-hmm. a second film to just say fuck you with our twist like yeah it just they it, retcon a lot of it yeah it, it felt like they're doing twists on twists on twists and and i felt right. the same way about with ryan gosling's character k like they spend two-thirds three-fourths of the movie being like are you the miracle baby are you Deckard's right. son are you born from a replica fuck never mind jk no it's it's not you know, jk <laughs> It's like by the, by the way, real quick, just to interject there. When he finds out that his memories were real, not necessarily his memories, but the memories in his head were real. His reaction to that was it awesome. Was awesome. That acting was yeah, so. Was. That was like wow. I Fuck. really think yes. I really believed that that man's entire world and and meaning of life was like turned on its head. Like I thought that was great. Right, but it was very simple dialogue, but great performance. But what I hate is like, why would you give us that kind of performance and then? Next, tell the audience it was a real memory, but it wasn't his real yeah. memory. It was this girl's real yeah. memory. It's like, I feel like that's a huge middle finger to like the audience because it's like a buildup of all this time of like you're invested in K. You see way more of K than you do the uh, memory girl who I don't even remember the name of, if I'm going to be honest. Like she's in you know, like. Uh, yeah, it's something simple. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like to me that felt like a twist just for the sake of having a twist. Right. Obfuscation for the sake of obfuscation. Right. Because like sure. if, if you wanted me to give a shit about it. Tell me the story of this memory girl. Make the movie about, like, put her in the movie more. Otherwise, oh, this feels pointless. That's for well, the sequel. That's for the sequel. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. <laughs> so, they tell you early on in the movie that there's another, that there's a female. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, they, they kind no, of, no, like. but then they say it was a lie. Yeah, so that's yeah. Thing that's they like, keep going. Yeah, because Deckard says yeah, something like, I taught, I taught them how to scramble the records. And it's like, oh, okay. So, it's like. 
they they just messed it all up. So what even is true anymore, right? Here, go ahead though. Finish, well, Con. I'm, well, I mean, if so, I mean, there was also the blackout of 2022, which which canceled, what was that? Cleared all of the record. If you watch the short films, you would know. Yeah, um, but it this shouldn't all, be a film where it's like if you knew what the short films no, were saying. I hate. Well, they, they mention yeah. it. They mention it in the in the movie itself, right? They talk about it briefly, but yeah, I'm just saying as a as someone who's seen the first film, it just I don't know. It just again well, another layer of complication. Anyway, so like basically they didn't they, you know they didn't want their daughter to get found by you know Wallace or whoever by anybody, and then obviously that's why Harrison Ford you know Decker went into hiding. And then because he didn't want to know the daughter, the daughter and she was supposed to be kept off. So basically the purpose of K, the reason why his character exists was basically just to throw off everyone else from their from their trail. Because the the thing is, they hid his daughter in plain sight right now because she actually works for Wallace and she's hidden in plain sight. And Wallace okay. never found out because they thought K was it the entire time. K was the red herring. They were supposed to go after K. And now he's dead. So now that they think he's dead, or they know he's dead, they think like the whole okay, it's over. That, you know what I like, mean? That's fine and all, but I'm not a fan of him being a red herring. Also for the audience, you mm. know, because I'm not sitting here totally well, to. I mean, you know, it's the predictable. It's a, yeah, but you're like if you walk in there, I mean, it's kind of predictable, right? Like, I mean, you know. Uh, I don't know. I guess it, it's it's up to a personal preference, but I mean the the idea that it was relatively predictable. Like I was seeing all kinds of predictions. Like, oh yeah, Kay's definitely going to be like Deckard's son. You know, it it's, has to be it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of thought that too. Yeah, right, sure. that's what I'm but, saying. Like that's that's you know because so or, changing. I was I, I thought confused. it was a cool plot device. My I, opinion, I thought but. it was kind of confusing too because for a, a for a good long part of the movie, I thought is Deckard the baby that was born? That's oh, where right. I was going with it. Yeah, and I thought oh. that would have been I thought that would have been interesting. I so I was hoping for something like that. But. Well they can yeah, they kinda of throw that out with the whole thing with like, oh, you know, maybe Tyrell set you up with <clears throat> Rachel, you know. Like Again, I, I don't love, know if I I don't know if I appreciate know. like the way they retcon that whole thing, like, oh well we programmed her to, you know, fall in love with you just to make the just all leading up to this one point. It's all been a big you know conspiracy. Uh, plan. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't it just to me that diminished a little bit from the original film. Uh, I I I, don't, I thought it was I, cool. I feel like, I feel like we're Call hating on this simple, film, but I, I I feel like we're hating on this film. Twitch, I will say definitively, I like this film. I want to watch it again. It's nice Same. to want things to carve out three hours again for this. <laughs> is going to be hard. I want. I I legitimately could go watch this movie. Do you understand? I could watch this film again for free, mm. whenever I want to, because of Movie Pass. But it's like getting that three hours again. And the and the experience is a a cool experience, but it's also a difficult experience too to see a lot of these scenes in certain ways. You know that we've detailed already earlier. Yeah, it's just mm. so long. You know, it it just didn't have to be this long, especially if they're already planning a third movie. Oh, wait, is that? But is that are they confirmed? though? Are they planning a third movie? Well, that's where the story's going. It's definitely no, a cliffhanger. It yeah, definitely, but absolutely, it, is a cliffhanger. The thing is, they don't. The thing is. They don't really need to make a sequel. They, they didn't, they, they didn't really thing. need to they make a never, sequel in the first to the yeah, first they, one. They didn't need to make this one either. But right. here's so, the thing. Let's transition to the business side if you guys don't right, mind. Yeah. You guys 
ready for that. And this is a big reason why. This is a big reason why I don't think they're going to get a sequel is because of the yeah, financial reasons. You wouldn't have been saying, but, yeah, but if it was making 150 million and made all this money back, then a million percent there would well, be a yeah, sequel. Then I would hope it, it was getting a sequel just because I enjoyed it so much. But I, I would be perfectly fine if they left it as is. So this is a postmortem mm. because this film is dead on the vine. I'm very sad. Very, I am. I shouldn't be this surprised that it failed so miserably, but I am somewhat surprised. But when you really 2020 look back, there the signs were all there. Okay, so the film uh, opening weekend was uh, grossed only 31.5 million, far far below projections. The budget was 155 million. They're going to struggle to even break even with the international market. I think now it's a. Uh, as of Tuesday evening, they've done with the quasi holiday Columbus Day, right? They've they've reached forty million, which is still lower than the thought they would take in this in the three day weekend. And it also skewed this is crazy, guys. It's for audiences, it skewed seventy one percent male, okay, and eighty six percent were above twenty five and a whopping sixty three percent of audience members were males over thirty five like that's not supposed to happen anymore in this post marvel universe yeah right wow this is a women did not go to this film no women wanted to see this and you have to have women and you have to have minorities too you're not gonna have a giant successful film if there aren't any real minority roles of substance. In the film, and that, and I, w- I was somewhat surprised because you know all the leads are and and villains are Caucasian in this, mm-hmm. all the main ones. There are some very tiny auxiliary parts given to minorities, so I don't know if that's like a commentary on the future or what, but it, it was noticeable, you know, and, and and audiences responded or failed to respond more accurately. So it calls into question, like I don't know how they are going to justify a sequel to this i don't see it happening it, even though it needs to i think there needs to be uh, the 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 ends here need to be tied um see that's what a, i would say that's the thing what i would say go ahead no i was gonna say i don't this movie doesn't need a sequel though i mean it do, like it could have a sequel but it doesn't need one in my, in my opinion because i'm not, I'm not satisfied with this ending. Yeah, well the, the thing is like the 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 ending for the original at least the final cut version doesn't necessarily have a satisfactory you know ending either it ha- it's it ends with rachel and deckard running away and is it safe to say is it safe to say that after seeing this film now the filmmakers and everyone involved is are were definitely initially intending a sequel they're building it all up in a way the first movie was not built up yeah Wait, i mean so- cuz they they hint at the whole like we're going to create a rebellion and all that well, yeah, but here, here I, I mean, I don't know what the the way that the way that it ends. I just I don't think it's not like a sequel bait type ending. I would say, I I would I disagree with that. I think it was totally like this is the last moment, and now boom, and you're supposed to be like, oh, snap. Thing, you know, that's kind of the that's kind of the reaction they're going for at the end. Right. So let I, me just say this real okay, quick. Yeah. Go ahead. Let me just say this real quick. Okay, it only made thirty one point five million. Which sounds shocking to a lot of people, okay? Because you have Jared Leto, you have Harrison Ford, you have Denis Villeneuve, you have Ryan, uh, Gosling. Ryan Gosling, right? Yeah. Well, if you look at their history, it's not a surprise at all. This is actually the largest debut for Denis Villeneuve and Ryan Gosling ever. They've never had a movie open, including La La Land and everything. They never had a movie open 
at this high. I think the highest was like around the 20s or 25 mil. So this is a peak for them in that respect. Uh, but again, if we go also to Jared Leto, this is like two huge strikes in a row for him. I mean, he sucked in uh, Suicide Squad, in my opinion. <laughs> I forgot that he was sucked. a thing. Yeah, he sucked in Suicide Squad. He's not going to be. That's why they're talking about. Uh, uh, oh God, what's his name? I'm the King of the World. Leo Caprio. Why can I? Yeah, they're talking about him potentially being the new uh, Joker. Jared Leto is not going to be able to hold his own film as a standalone Joker film. I I don't want to see that, and I will not go to that. But he was not great in this film. I think again, the concept was good. I just, I just didn't like him in this one either you know so that's two huge strikes in two huge blockbuster movies i think it's definitely going to affect his stock going forward uh you know well, it, that remains to be seen mm. but you know i i just I, I i'm just sad because i wanted this movie to be huge the the numbers were very surprising i thought the marketing behind this film was there uh it's, i mean it's a it's you know, a niche it, it's film just so, it's, it's a, just so self-indulgent it's, yeah, a niche it's film, gonna be a cult you know, classic it, it's and it's gonna and honestly it's gonna have Honestly, it could pull a uh, a Shawshank Redemption and be one of those movies that gets pretty big after it gets out to video. Be, well, yeah. it could be a cult classic, right. but it's not going to be a Shawshank Redemption. No. But it will be a cult classic. Yeah. No. I, it could be. Yeah. Like the way I see Only it, time will tell. Like Jack, you mentioned the marketing, and I have to agree. Like, you know, if you'd seen a movie in the past, like three, four, five months, you will have seen a trailer of Blade Runner 2049 at some point. Like they were throwing trailers out you know, a lot earlier and a lot of the moments in it were kind of like those cool, like action, like I want to see that. But I think a bigger part of marketing that people don't realize, you can't just throw a trailer at someone and then they'll be like, I'll watch that. It's usually like, you know, you sit down at the bar with your friends or something and you're like, Hey, I just saw the trailer for Blade Runner 2049. I'm kind of thinking about going to see it. And then the friend's like, Oh, I mean, was the first movie any good? And then, you know, right. they kind of like I mean, start talking about that. And like, you could end up like yeah. me where I saw the first movie and I was like, meh. And like you two said earlier, no way I would have seen it unless you two were like, hey, let's talk about it. Right. Right. Did you guys see, did you guys know how long it was before you sat down and experienced the film? You mean like, did you look at the timestamp and know how that you were in for three yeah, hour ride? I, yes. Oh, I knew. Yeah. Yeah. We both knew. Okay. I I okay. did. I did catch Robert checking his watch a couple times. So yes, okay, I did. I was checking my watch, and I did not know the the nature of the way I got my ticket and sat down. I literally just sat down, like let's let, let's watch a great movie. Then all the people around me were starting getting annoyed, and it was like, Ugh, and like we're starting to just their body language was totally changing, and they were like making big sighs and big exhales and stuff. And so I didn't know it was three hours until. I was like looking at my watch like, wow, this is a really long movie. This is really like just so indulgent. Again, it's, you know, it's something that I, that I think film art students are going to eat up with a spoon. Yeah. But just for the general American public, it's just a huge ask to 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 have them sit there for three hours again and, and devote their attention to this. It's it's true. Uh, and you know what? You know what this is? I mean. It, it does. It, this movie could stand alone by itself, but it's it's a kind of. Di- I think I feel like it would be a kind of a difficult watch if you didn't really know what too much about what was going on before this movie. Oh. So it was riding pretty hard. You ha- yeah. yeah, you have to see the first one before you see this one. Oh yeah, there's yeah. no way. And that's, you there's no that's yeah. a, that's almost bad, right? Because they're because they're thirty years apart, right? Right. Like y- there's <laughs> no way you will get 
much out of this film by just coming into this right one without knowing who rachel is without knowing all it, you wouldn't appreciate harrison ford you wouldn't appreciate almost anything it's required viewing you have to see the first one right to really get any kind of level of enjoyment out of this one i mean i wouldn't go so yeah i wouldn't again, go say go as far as saying you, okay you need to see the first one to get any sort of enjoyment out of it but i i kind of would to get the to get the enjoyment that's intended well you yeah will, to get the, so get, to get the full yeah to get the full brunt of what's going on then yeah um, I, you know, it, it kind of makes me think too. It's like, how does, how, how did something like, like Lord of the Rings, like manage to do so well at the box office? Cause I mean, you know, it's great. They're great movies, but man, they were like three hour long, three hours long each. You know what I mean? At least not the theatrical. Releases. Oh no. Yeah, they were the theatrical. Yeah, the they the- were. I want to, I will say return of the King might've been. But the other ones were definitely two and a half, two and a half to three hours. Theaters. Yeah, I mean, but still, those are long. Those are long movies. They were long. I'm not saying they're short. Yeah, movies, I mean, but there was a theatrical cuts and then there were extended cuts. I mean, but those were like, I mean, I guess there, there's not near as much thematic stuff going on, and it's a little bit easier to follow. But it's like, I mean, you have to be like, you, there's some, there's a lot of prior knowledge there that you know. It would help a lot if you had a lot of prior knowledge going into those movies, too. Just saying. Well, my, that's true. My, but, but like, did you, <clears throat> when you first watched Lord of the Rings, were you like, man, I don't know what's happening, though? Or when did you watch it and <laughs> yeah, then were true. like, now that's I want to dig Lord in. I want to know. The most clear cut. That's yeah, true. No, the most I'll, clear I'll cut give you that. Ever. These are the good guys, the bad guys, the ring, go. Right. No, Whereas that's true. With, with Blade Runner 2049, if I watched it for the first time and I actually liked it a lot, I'd be like, huh. I wonder what happened in like before I heard there was like a film in the eighties or something, you know, and I'd go That's back true. and watch it. Right? Yeah. I mean, and then it's, it's two different situations for sure, because I mean, Lord of the Rings, it was each film was released, you know, one after another each year with re- of release. Right. So it wasn't like, you know, they, they had that huge gap between movies either. So, I mean, it's a completely different situation. You're right. I'm just thinking on like, you know, there, there was there. It's very lore heavy. The Lord of the Rings movies is, I guess, was where I was coming from with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know. Like it, it's it sucks that the movie didn't do as well as we wanted it to, um, or it, I mean, it could have. But it's it just it really was setting itself up for failure with a, from a lot of aspects. Even though it was a great movie, it was a movie that should have been made, and I commend uh, Denis Villeneuve for making the movie that he did because I personally enjoyed it a lot, and it was it is a proper sequel to Blade Runner. Um, but it just wasn't so, capturing I, people like it, you know. Like it should have. I have so many thoughts about this. This movie is the result of when cr- budget and creative freedom are just allowed to run rampant. And this is an example of that going wrong. I mean, there are so many examples of when there are restrictions on creativity. When there are restrictions, that's when some of the best results happen hmm. uh, in film, in all forms of art. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but. Again, when you just let a creative person with a lot of creative talent have an infinite budget and and not really think about the business case for the film, this is kind of the result. And this is the case study in what happens there. Um, so, you know, my parting thoughts are that, man, okay, sci-fi and noir films together sound like such a perfect marriage, such a perfect peanut butter chocolate combination. And the first Blade Runner set the stage. This one definitely took over where that one left off. But no, there's never going to be another like sci-fi noir film that comes out that isn't compared to Blade Runner. You oh know? yeah, and 100%. that's somewhat un- that's somewhat unfortunate because I would like to see other films. I'd like to see other creative directors. 
take a stab at something like oh, this. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, there has but been. Nothing, there, I mean, that, nothing that's not anime, nothing that's not anime will ever be like, you know, I right, mean, yeah. one thing that comes to mind is The Fifth Element. I think that's one that was heavily inspired by Blade Runner, but made a completely different film, a very successful film, mm. in my opinion. Mm. I do need to see that. Yeah. So my parting, So my parting thoughts are that I very much wanted to love this movie, and I do, I think I love the movie. It's just... It's in. It's like Blade Runner one in some bad ways. It kept. It kept a lot of the bad aspects of Blade Runner mm. one. It's not changed. Some of them are even exacerbated here. Uh, but it does a lot of great things. And it would be my wish and my desire that everyone sees this film. I just know that most people won't, and some people that will watch it are not going to finish it, and that's sad. Mm, yep. Yeah. I don't know. I guess my concluding thoughts. I'll be the most negative of all of us. I guess. I. <laughs> Look, it's a fun enough film, I guess, kind of. If you can stick around for three hours, it's a fun thing to look at. Like, visually, like Jack keeps saying, it's a pleasing thing to look at. Even if you don't follow any of the, like, the plot, even if you don't care about any of the characters' names, just stare at it for three hours. It's, it's a treat. But I can't help, like, I think by the time I got to the end of the movie, I was thinking, like, why isn't why didn't they just make Blade Runner 2022 a movie like a movie about the blackout you know or why didn't they make Blade Runner 2060 where the rebellion is happening you know I think there were like like, I wanted to see a movie about the Blade Runner universe except for this (laughs) you know like I I think there's (laughs) so that is negative I think there's so many other cool parts about the Blade Runner universe and this movie had has helped me kind of like get into the universe but at the end of the day i'm like i kind of don't give a shit about this you could have told you could have told the story in an hour probably i think especially like if you took out all the like pointless twists and turns and you could instead Mm. make a good summer blockbuster movie of like 2022 like if if you haven't seen the short uh the short films that came out before there's like an anime version of like what happens in 2022 and that was cool that was dope i was like yeah you go get them androids like you Mm. caused that blackout i want to go watch that now i i agree with you though i think there is a very excellent two and a half hour cut of this film maybe even two hour 15 minute cut yes of this film that could exist yeah i i agree honestly just there was so much fluff like okay we've been going on for a while about the spoiler cast um i think we should probably put a pin in it pretty soon colin do you want to give like your parting thoughts and then we'll call man i'm on the opposite end of the spectrum i'm full-on fanboy for this entire franchise i'm just gonna say i'm just gonna put it out there i love everything about this movie i loved every second every minute i don't care give me an extended cut when it comes out on (laughs) blu-ray Please. Oh my uh, no, absolutely what? not. Dude, I Dude, can't follow I don't you down care. this path. So there's never been a Blade Runner that you have liked. Listen, listen. What do you mean? There's only two. Anyway. Yeah, and he's right. Exactly. <laughs> so listen, I think God. You're over two. Well, I don't think I think they made the right choice of plot with this movie. I don't think they could have they should have made twenty twenty two into a movie. Because that's not what the original Blade Runner was. It wasn't an explosive espionage, like, fucking action flick. That's not what it was. 2049 was what it was I because get- it was capturing the same, you know, it was going along the same lines as the original. It was supposed to be a detective story. It's an on, you know, it, it's 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 film wire with a sci-fi setting. So, and I think... You're crazy. The, the fact that it carried through with a very... Th- and the reason why it ends the way it ends is because... 
it carried out the story of Kay. He he did his he performed his purpose. It's Kay's story, and it, and it and it exemplified the themes that it was going for. It did the movie did what it needed to do within the time that it was allotted. It wasn't going it, the, the the film wasn't to lead up to this giant war. It's and the, that's why there doesn't need to be a sequel. Would I be happy if there's a sequel? Yeah, and I would go and see it. But the, that's not the point. It, the point was to exemplify the themes that well, it was going for, and it did just that. That's why there doesn't need to be a sequel. Okay. One of the coolest looking movies I've ever seen. One of the most atmospheric. When I think again about when they went to Vegas and when he's walking through the field or was walking through the desert and sees the statues and then a bee lands on his hand, you know, and he sees that like just one of the coolest movies ever, one of the most atmospheric movies ever, but man, is it like so hard to sit there. <laughs> That's all. That's all I'll say. But uh, but again, I'm positive on it. I'd like to think that I would. Oh yeah, it, I'm, I'm going to buy um, a day in one the future for sure. I'm not. I don't know for sure. I'll have to see what the extras are. It would have to have a lot of extras for me to justify that. But I, I like the film. I just I I would be. It would be difficult for me to go watch it again in theaters, even for free. And it would be difficult for me to go like bring friends to the movie. And I don't think anyone is. I think the drop off for this next weekend is going to be very very humbling. For the studio, this might also be the end of Alcon Entertainment. By the way, they were banking hard on this. This they're banking, literally banking the company on this making its money back. Uh, and if it doesn't, if it doesn't, then they're they're out of business. So very unfortunate. I thought uh, you know I I I, I like the movie. There's there's a lot good there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, call it my call right. it my personal obsession. It's fine. I I get it for sure. Yeah, let's let's cut it here because if if we go on any more. I will keep hating it. So, <laughs> Robert, just, <laughs> poor Robert. Poor Robert. Just man. think only two more hours of podcast and we'll equal the movie. Oh, oh man. Uh, we're basically equaling that right now with this recording. Yep. So, All right, let's yeah. Call it. That is, that's it for our Blade Runner 2049 post mortem spoiler cast. Uh, thanks for sticking around this long. I guess you're a very perseverant soul because if you've listened to this, you probably saw Blade Runner and sat through that hell. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening. <laughs> strong words, strong very words. Strong words. Uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Sugoi! Sugoi! Thank <laughs> you.